the back of four elephants balanced on the back of a turtle, this is Talk About Board Games. On this episode, we experience the misery of the First World War, discuss really long book series, and do a playthrough review of Discworld Ankh Morborg. Welcome to episode 21 of Tabcast. I am Fred. I'm joined by the newest member of the City Watch of Ankh-Morpork, my wife, Nicole. Hello. Now, Nicole, crime is in the city, and unfortunately, fighting crime is a game we have to play. (laughs) Okay. So let's get to it, because it would be a crime not to talk about the board games we've played. We like to game with gods, we like to game with dice, so this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what God played. All right. What did get played, Nicole? Um. <laughs> She's eating a dinner. Pay no attention to how loud that is when she eats dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, we played a game together. Yeah? We played Cthulhu Realms. This is outrageous, because I, I just don't think I get a chance to play games anymore, do I? No, you work, and then you work some more, and then when you get done working, then you work. Don't forget that I make you mad somewhere in there, too. Because <laughs> you work. That's right. I know. Too much. We played, what did we play? Cthulhu Realms? Cthulhu Realms, yeah. Right. Now, why is it Realms? Because it's based on Star Realms. Star Realms? Now, this is a game we've talked about before, isn't it? Yes. What is Star Realms like? You're supposed to talk about it because I screw it up. <laughs> we know this. What's you cool? About, okay. Better. Well, what to me, not to you, I mean necessarily, but to me, <laughs> Star Realms is cool because normally when you get a, what's called a deck builder game, which is a game where you start with a the same hand of cards, she's <laughs> chowing down. <laughs> the uh, you start with a, like the same hand of cards, you know, and you kind of purchase cards with the cards the that you have in your starting hand. With the resources that they generate. <laughs> I mean, honestly, her meals take like two minutes. <laughs> okay, anyhow, keep talking about this game. But, you know, this is a deck builder, like those games. So you start with, both start with the same cards, and right. you buy new cards with those with those cards. And then your cards, your deck sort of changes over the course of the game, because different game, or cards are available during the course of the game. Correct. Now, this game plays like Ascension. And this game, just like, like Star Realms... Cthulhu Realms plays just like Ascension, which is you have a giant stack of shuffled cards, and you flip over like five of those cards face up, and you're buying those cards that are available. Got to get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should have put her outside. She's so cute and fluffy. She, she got tired, and she woke up hungry. So okay. what are you going to do? So uh, <clears throat> now this is the same thing, where you have this shuffled deck of cards, where all the draw cards are in this big shuffled deck, and it's sort of random what comes up. Now, right. that doesn't reduce the appeal of the game. It's still fun because you still have, like, uh, in this game, just like Star Realms, you have four different factions or based on four Were different there colors. Four? There are. Okay, there was the yellow, there was the green, there was the purple. Yes. I don't remember anything else. I think there was blue. Was there blue? I don't remember seeing any blue. Well, that's because it just didn't come up. Apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, this does have four colors. It is based very much just like Star Realms. Okay. The biggest difference between this and Star Realms no, uh, is that... Theme? Well, the theme, but I say, I'd say the symbols, the layout of the cards. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because in Star Realms, they actually tell you on the card what the card does. Now, what's, what's really... In, 
you know, alluring between this and Star Realms is that normally a deck builder game comes in this giant box of cards that you have to like organize like like Marvel Legendary is a deck builder game or uh, Thunderstone. Thunderstone is a deck building game. Dominion. And you, you get this pile of cards, unorganized cards, and you have to separate all these cards out and you end up with like 350 cards. Or more. Yeah, right. Like, well, and, and Legendary Predator came with 600 cards. That's a lot of cards. This is a game in a box that's $15. Is it only 15 bucks? Yes. It's like 15 bucks. And it comes with like 200 cards, it's and you get to portable. play a deck building game. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Portable. In right. your, in your, well, not, it'd have to be a really big pocket. Yeah. Yes. So you get this, like, you get your same cards, you buy cards out of the middle, and you build this deck, and as you're playing, you know, as your cards run out in your draw pile, you shuffle them back in and make a new draw pile and draw them out, and you get to play new cards that are kind of mixed up from what you purchased on the table. And now your deck becomes significantly different from the person that you're playing with. Correct. Now this one, like I said, one of the big differences is, of course, other than theme, which of course in Star Realms is spaceships battling spaceships, this one is uh, just... Cthulhu's mythos. They're, yeah, just trying not to go crazy. Right. I mean, because right. now instead of, I think in Star Realms you had Empire points, this has Sanity points, of, of course. course. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! So the uh, you have you have Sanity points, and uh, one of the big differences there, too, is in Star Realms, it was kind of awkward because you had these cards that were ones on one side and fives on the other, and you were trying to kind of mix and match which way they were facing up to represent your hit points or whatever your empire points that well, were Well, they did that so it could be more portable because you're already going to have a deck of cards. You just have like, oh, here's ten more cards and you get, a, get to actually keep a score without having to have a pen right. or a pencil or a piece right. of paper to write on or whatever. I understand. but So that, I think that's kind of a It nice. was ten more cards per person. So yeah. it was like twenty more cards. Well, yeah. And in this one, instead of that, they forgo all those dumb cards and they do... I'm serious. And they release as many cards as in what was in Star Realms, except this time they just give you two cards that have one through like sixty it's not a on card, it. Card, it's a tracker. It's, it's like one through the sixty size. with a, with numbers on it. Yeah, that's a it's a card. It's a score card. And it's a card, but it's not the size of a card. It is the it's, size of a card. It's, it's the same size as the other cards. Double double the size of it was double the size. Look, don't double stuff me. Was, Regular Oreos are fine. No, they're not. Are you kidding me? You need the double stuffs. This is insane. If I could go back in time and get the big stuff Oreos, I would totally do that. Well, call Doc Brown. He only got like eight of them in a package, <laughs> but my goodness, they were delightful. Stupid. But anyway, <laughs> so but they give you a token to go with this numerical charted card, and give you just get to count token. down with it. And that, that, yeah. that, I think that's a lot more convenient, a lot easier to keep track of. I'll agree with that part of it. it. It is easier to keep track of, but it's not as convenient as far as making it a smaller game. That doesn't matter. Right out of the box, I think it's easier. It is easier. <laughs> with, with with regards to tracking hit points or empire points or sanity points, whatever, or whatever you want to do. Your, points. your health, right? Right. And, uh, I mean, the art, I think, is pretty comical and whimsical as opposed yeah, to the art in Star Realms, which is really sterile. It's like a picture of a spaceship it looks from like a space. profile. Yeah, I liked it. Eh. Eh. Uh, eh? It's okay. Eh, I liked it. I mean, this I I enjoyed the art on this two to one at least over Star Realms. Eh. It was funny. Eh. It was funny, and if you have read H.P. Lovecraft books at all, it's even funnier. I'm just kind of. Uh, uh, I don't need your sass. I don't need another Cthulhu game right now. I just or ever again. Oh, I come like the on. ones we have. I enjoy playing. I don't believe you, Eldritch. I enjoy and playing I don't Elder Signs. You. 
I enjoyed playing and this I still game. <laughs> but oh my gosh, seriously, I'm so done with this theme. Is it? Is it? Would I'm you say that done. Cthulhu is superseding zombies for you right now? I'd rather play a zombie game or watch a zombie movie or whatever. Really? Yes. There's no Cthulhu movies. Okay, no, yeah, there are. They're horrible. What are well, they? There's not. Okay, there's the there's there's a love, thousand zombie movies. There's and how many movies. how many Cthulhu movies can you name? There's In the Mouth of Madness, Dagon, uh, uh-huh, which was terrible. The Call of Cthulhu indie movie. There was an indie movie. I watched it. It was a silent movie. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Maybe they need to make another movie, but. I think they need to get some dollars behind it. Like Dark Castle Entertainment needs to do it. But I just don't care about fighting this giant squid. Right. The I problem really is that this is public license. So I know that someone is a can problem. just someone can just take Cthulhu and say, It's mine. It's the New same Cthulhu problem game. With, with zombies. And, and and people have made jokes about the fact that Cthulhu just sells it instantly on Kickstarter, for instance. You automatically make twenty five thousand dollars if Cthulhu's involved. I know. And I don't know if I'm not I'm not that kind of sucker. To be honest. Yeah, I, that's exactly why you bought this game. I bought this game <laughs> so I could have another Star Realm. I thought it might be different. <laughs> now, I'm just going to tell you that it is, it is pretty much Star Realm. The, yeah. One of the big differences I found is this game, right out of the box, plays four. Yes, Star Realm doesn't do that. We did not do that, though. Well, it didn't have to. No. But I'm just saying Star Realm, out of the box, is a two-player game. Cthulhu okay Realms is a four-player game right out of the box. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. It's easier to track hit points. There's better comedy in it. You do like the comedy. Right. I know. See? Okay. So I I'm know. saying I'm saying that if you don't have Star Realms, if you have it, I, I can't really endorse Cthulhu Realms. I'm just going to say that right now. But if you don't have either, you'd go the Cthulhu Realms? Absolutely. See, I'd go Star, Star four Realms. Four players. So I can play two, three, or four players, and it's right out of the box, and I'm good to go. Still go I'd still go Star Realms and just be aware that I'm not going to be able to play four player. That's nuts. I like it a little better. I don't know. I just do. Well, one thing I will say, one of the big differences I was, I was talking about just a second ago was... And I interrupted. The... Cards are laid out with symbols more than text. Yes. And you've got like a little cheat on the symbols right. on that giant scorecard that's right. not even close to the same size as a card. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I don't, I don't, it's not very clear on a couple things. Yeah. Like the being able to draw a card and discard a card. Yeah. It's got a slash. Okay, is that a and or an or? I don't know. I still don't know. And I didn't actually look at the rule book. You looked at the rule book. So I don't know if you looked in the right place. I think that's an and. And is it? when it's an arrow between the two, remember the arrow up and down? That's an or. That's just silly. Right. But it was in the same spot. And you know what? If you're, if you're going to give me an or, yeah. give me two symbols. Or, not, or don't give me two symbols, I guess. If it's an, if it's an and, give me two symbols. I misspoke. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah, if it's an and, give me two symbols. I'm going to say that there's a bit more learning curve than there is on Star Realms as far as these cards go. Star Realms, I was able to teach Angela at lunch and still play a game. And I think we played more than one game in a one-hour lunch I'm just going to say that Angela's a bad measure because she's pretty intelligent and she'd be able to figure this out in no time. I'm guaranteeing it. Yeah, she is smart. Travis, on the other hand. Travis. Poor Travis. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, he didn't get it, did he? What? The Star Realms? Did he say it was hard? Yes. Oh, He said no. Star Realms was way too hard and that I would win that game every time. I'm going to say in the end I'm a better teacher than you are then. 
<laughs> I win. All right, you get to do this week's rules. For oh, the- crap. No, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. All right, so Star Realms versus Cthulhu Realms. Nicole says... Pick Star Realms because it's easier to teach. I say take Cthulhu Realms because you can support more players and it's funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, what else got played, Nicole? Um, we played Forbidden Island. Right. We've played Forbidden Island before. It's been a long time. Let me just put it out we there. We haven't played it since we got Forbidden Desert. This is what I love about our podcast right here. What? We could be talking about Pandemic Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know, and no offense to anybody out there who's talked about it, Instagrammed about it, right. tweeted, tweeted, <laughs> tweeted about it, whatever the whatever form of communication you're taking. Yes, I really take offense to spoilers. Mm-hmm. I really do. Right, and I always will. I always have, and it started with Oprah when she spoiled the Crying Game before I got to go to the movies and see it. Stupid Oprah. I had no money. And now I know the ending, and when I watched it, it was like, that was it? Okay. Oh, I'm just going to say that always, my personal preference for Oprah, out of five, <laughs> two. <laughs> I'm just saying, she had some guy on there that ruined the whole movie for me. I don't doubt it. So, I don't like spoilers. I don't even, I have yet to watch right. a Star Wars trailer for the new movie. Me too. Why do I need to watch it? Right. I'm going to go. Right. They have my money. Correct. They just have to release it. I just have to have time to get to the theater. Boom. Here's my money. Take it. I okay. don't need to see the movie ahead of time. Right. So I don't you, need to you've hear You've got about a runaway pandemic. success from 1977. Okay. 77? Yeah, I guess so. Right. Okay. 1977. You have a runaway success. So who are you selling movies to now? You don't have to sell it. You're selling it to people who were under, like, let's say under 10 years of age in 1997. Okay? Because in 1997, they came out with another trilogy, and they advertised to those people. Right? Okay. I'm saying the second Star Wars trilogy came out. So you're saying they're advertising to 10-year-olds? They're advertising to people who were, like, babies in the 90s. (laughs) That's the only people people that those advertisements are are targeted towards. I don't even think you need to advertise it. Well, it's just a thing. Just say Star Wars coming December. Boom. Right. Now, and, and on top of that, I don't think you need to advertise Pandemic Legacy to people who play board games right now. Well, okay. You definitely need to let them know what's out there, but quit tell, quit showing me pictures of, of, of things that aren't in the other games. Well, I mean. You can show me a pawn. I you and I bought Pandemic Legacy. And it's sitting in there unopened. Right. Because we're going to play with Matt and Brianna, and we're not going to record it. Guess what, everybody? Big spoiler. <laughs> We're not going to spoil all of Pandemic Legacy for you. And just like we've never uh, spoiled Risk. Like it's Legacy. stunned to me that some people have played the game. I'm not going to say who, but they've played the game and they're releasing videos on YouTube that say that 5,000 people are watching before the game came out. You know, and in the end, if if they're mad about it, it's their fault for watching it. And I guess there has to be... I, I'm, not as, I'm not as offended by the... Uh, you know, YouTube bits, because I don't subscribe to that. It doesn't just pop up on my phone when I open that program. Mm -hmm. So I have to seek that out. That I'm okay with. If you say pandemic legacy, video, spoilers, whatever, yeah, okay, more power to you. Yeah. But if you're just casually, you know, listening to our podcast and I start spoiling stuff, that's going to suck. If I open up my Facebook and there's a picture of it with, Mm -hmm. you know, little fancy whatever's going on in the game that I I really just kind of try and scroll past real quick, Mm -hmm. that makes me mad. Well, I'm just saying. 
I don't know how many I'm times going... I've gone to a movie and heard the best joke in the trailer and been pissed. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> Dumb and dumberer. Really? Oh, well, it wasn't very good anyhow. I love Was it the short one. bus joke? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Dumb oh, you're dumber. talking about the... Oh, yeah. That was Dumb and Dumber, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. I meant like the new Dumb and Dumber was... The shortest had, bus ever. That was kind of funny. <laughs> so it had like one seat. It was, it was cute, though. <laughs> Remember he ran to the back of it and he smashed it at the back door instantly? <laughs> See, now you're spoiling stuff. Why I would you do it? I spoil everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't talk about Pandemic Legacy. Okay, so moving So right instead along. of Pandemic Legacy, which is a Matt Leacock design, right... Yeah. We talk about Forbidden Island. Oh, is that the same guy? Is that why we got into this tangent? Right. Oh, look at you. This High amazing? five. Yeah. Now, see, what's <laughs> what's cool about Matt, Matt Leacock is Matt Leacock designs a certain type of co-op game. It's this very puzzly feeling game where you feel like there's a solution. And the only problem with this, and this is this is the biggest complaint about his games, is that it leads to quarterbacking, which is the the alpha player who sort of dominates the game and says, this is what you need to do or we're going to lose the game. And they'll they'll really quickly, the guy who, who thinks a little faster than the other guy will really quickly tell the other guy what to do. And the other guy just goes, oh, I guess you're playing my turn t- as well. You know? Yeah. You and didn't really do that to me, though. I don't do that to anybody because I oh, want them to lie. play their games. No, you've done that. We've I had, try not to. Well, we've had to shut you down before. You should see me at my workplace. I'm telling you, I let people make mistakes all the time. <laughs> Okay. I do it on purpose. Well, let's talk about Forbidden Island for people who've not who don't know what it is. Right. Now, this is designed by Matt Leacock, who is the same guy who did Pandemic and Pandemic Legacy. So he's got a pedigree that lets you know that he doesn't release schlocky games. You know what just popped into my head? What? I think he should have like a little picture of himself, just like his face smiling with a little NBC logo behind him. Like a peacock. It'd just be funny. I don't know why. That would be hilarious. You're right. <laughs> Go ahead. A rainbow right behind his head and it says, Leacock. <laughs> Good one. So, anyways, the thing is, is is that Forbidden Island was was a game that came out right after Pandemic. Uh-huh. Shortly after, it was done by Game Right, Design, uh, Game right Games. And what was kind of amazing about this is this game comes in a tin. And, and a lot people, of people still bought it. A lot of people don't like tins. <laughs> But it was like a $20 game. When you pop open the top of it, if you've played a lot of board games and you and you know what component quality is supposed to be like, you're shocked at, at how good a quality this is for $20. Oh, yeah. Now, he also released one called uh, Forbidden Desert, which we may have talked about already, I believe. I think we have. And that one had really good components as well and was the same. I think it was still Game Right Productions. Was it? or what? I did it. That, didn't Stronghold get involved at no. some point? No. No. Did they just talk about it on... I doubt it. Am I getting my podcast stuff Probably. Confused? Okay, well, but, that happens. For $20, you get this nice, solid game. And this game plays a lot like Pandemic. There's subtle differences between the two. I mean, obviously, in Pandemic, you're trying to stop diseases from going over this giant map of the world. In this one, you're trying to stop... You're trying to collect four artifacts from an island that's sinking. And the island is represented with these little tiles, tiles. these island tiles that are named... And they're named these really fancy exotic locations. Like, I know it's not, not the Cliffs of no. Insanity, but there's like a... <laughs> cliffs of Abandon. Cliffs of, of Abandon. And every time we play it, I say Cliffs of Insanity like the guy from Princess Bride. And uh, Every time. You're welcome. <laughs> so so this is this has that kind of, you know, you're, you're moving around the board and you're trying to collect these, these artifacts that are represented by symbols on the tiles. And if you uh, collect four of these cards and are on a tile with that symbol... 
then you, you get the little statue. Get the statue. But you're every turn you're doing what's called a flood turn at the end of the turn. You get to do three actions, which is moving, uh collecting an artifact. Well, uh, collecting cards. You get to you collect call- two cards that the treasure cards, it could be a treasure or it could be that's when you could. It, the, there's it special could a, action cards too, yeah. and there's also a flood card. Right, and the flood card. Well, it's a water rises card. Right. If the water rises, then you it gets more difficult on the track. Like you'll start out right. only having to flip three tile cards yeah. to see if those tiles or which tiles flood, mm-hmm. or maybe two if you play on the easy level. We played on the expert level. Elite. Elite. Sorry, elite level. <laughs> but not um, legendary. There was not one more step legendary. beyond that. No, we are not right. legend. Wait for it, dairy. No. Ugh. Legend, wait for it, cheese. <laughs> Dairy. <Ugh. laughs> but you're, so for us, we, were at, we started off having to flip three tile cards to see which tiles would flood. Well, when right. you hit the water rises, then it goes up a tick mark and so many ticks and it goes up to four cards and then it goes up to five right. cards and then it goes up to, oh, sorry, you lose the game, you're dead. Right, and every one of these tiles has a, a colored side, a full colored side, then sort of a blue tinted black and blue or like, whatever, white and blue background. Black and blue. <laughs> it's white and blue. You beat up, it's bruised. No. Uh, you got a bruisy side. No, it's it's like a... It's white and blue. Like a shadowed side. Like Right, it's muted, it's yeah. white and blue. And then if you hit that same card again, then, then it sinks the completely out of the game and your grid of tiles kind of decreases and it reduces where you can move and to. And now you've got a hole in the middle of the board that right. you can't cross. Now, like Pandemic, this has, you start off and you get all, each get a character card and you draw them randomly. And the different characters have different powers Yeah, and different abilities. characters have different cow- cowards. Cowards. <laughs> powers. The, uh, now, I played the Engineer. Which lets me uh, shore up two cards per action, which you get three actions per turn. And shoring up is one of the actions you can take, as well as moving and collecting an artifact. And shoring up means you take either the tile you're on or an orthogonal tile from your your position and flip it face up to its colored side. Adjacent, for those of us who don't like that word, orthogonal. Unbelievable. Not (laughs) diagonal. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Ridiculous. What? It's weird. I like it. I know you do. Orthogonal. So, uh, you flip those tiles up, and you can do two of them for per action Isn't as the engineer. Ortho, like a bug pest control? Sure. See? So you get rid of cockroaches, all the squares around you, except for diagonal. <laughs> the, uh, That's a different game. Now, you were playing the pilot. I was the pilot. Which meant that at the start of each turn, she could one time per turn move to any tile in the entire grid. Didn't have to be at the, just at the start. Just for one of my actions, I could move anywhere one time per turn. Per turn, right. right. So then you play you play your three actions. You're moving and you're flipping over tiles from their flooded side to their non-flooded side, or you're collecting your uh, your treasure from whatever spot you're on. And only if you're on a spot that actually represents that treasure. And there's two spots per treasure. And if they sink, they go away, and you don't get that spot to do that. Right. And at the end of your turn, you draw two, two treasure cards, which could be like like she said, either the type of treasure you're looking for, or it could be the uh, a special card like an airlift, which makes basically gives you your her you her power anytime without an action, which is moved to any space on the grid. Right. Or it gives you the sandbags, which lets you shore up or flip the tile of any tile in the entire regardless of where it grid, is, no matter where it is, at any time, at any time, which is helpful. But in that deck, in that treasure deck that you have to draw two from every turn, there are water rises cards, and when you flip them over, you have to raise this little meter up that you have this water meter. And it tells you how many cards you draw every turn from the location deck. That's and the location, okay, but the location deck has one per space that you're on, 
and you flip them. And if you flip them more than once before you get to flip them back, they go away. So you're running around trying to get this puzzle completed and it, it lays out randomly every time. So you get a different game every single time. Yes. You get different characters every time. So it's different every single time. Yes. The components are great every single time because they're great right out of the box. <laughs> Right, they don't they don't degrade. No, and this they're has that nice. <laughs> right, and this has that nice, and it has a nice price point too. Yeah. Now, I mean, I recommend this game to people. Now, this is an interesting little fact. What my boss was right? looking for a game for his to play with his son. Yeah, how old's his son? Fifteen. 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 Okay. And uh, for some reason, he didn't decide to ask me anything. That's a, good, is, that's a good decision. Yeah, well, you should have asked me. Thanks. Thanks for that. What? Thanks, thanks, Steve. Thanks for asking. No, I'm just Steve, kidding. ask me next time. No. <laughs> um, but he. this is the game he actually did purchase. Okay. And they had a good time with it. Well, why wouldn't they? I know. It's a good design game. Now, uh, <clears throat> I, I think that the it's a great co-op game to introduce people to co-op games. Yes. Because, I mean, we we got it, we've, we said on episode one, the game that got us into the board gaming, like modern sort of age of board gaming, was Pandemic. Yes. And this game is is cut right from the same cloth, same designer, same like kind of, you know, flip over in the in Pandemic. You have Epidemic cards, and this one you have the Water Rises cards, yeah. and you shuffle the, the discard pile of the location deck back into the location deck and put it on top. Which is what makes it, means it more you, difficult yeah, right. the next time. And then you draw time. those same cards over again. So it's got all that same flavor that Pandemic has, but it's not as difficult. No. Not, not even close. Not by a long shot. And, like, when we played Pandemic, we played, I think we won our eighth game is when we finally won. We played eight times. We won the eighth game. And this one, we... I think we've only lost, like, twice. Right. And we played Elite just now, and we beat it. But, I mean, we did figure out that, you know, because you can kind of measure how it's playing. And if we had been playing Legendary instead of Elite, we would have lost. We would have lost, yes. Right. But, so one tick difference. But remember, this goes novice, normal, elite, legendary. Right. And we played elite, and we won the game. Yeah, I think that would probably be my only real complaint about the game. Yeah. Too. Well, even at elite, at elite, I was still excited during the game. There were still, still moments fun, where yeah. I was like, "We've got to get this this helicopter card out of that treasure deck before we get back around again, or else we're going to be in trouble." But here's the problem: I know how many water rises cards there were, and they were all out. I knew how many helicopter work cards there were, and there was still one left, and I knew we were going to win before that. Yeah. Yeah, there was no way we were going to lose So there was no point. coin toss at that point. It was it was a fact. Yeah. So that I'm just saying, that that's a fact. Right. But I would still recommend this game. Yeah, definitely. Especially it, for the price point. It's a great entry point, and it doesn't make you feel that, that worry of how much am I spending for this game to get into this hobby. And it also gives you that cooperative game that, that Hasbro and Mattel don't, don't really do. give you. Yeah. Now, if they were to ever release a new <clears throat> version without that tin, I would recommend that version. <laughs> you hate tins. I don't like the tin. Really? Because we bookend our games. Right. And the tins don't allow for that very well. You almost have to put like a rubber band on it or else it feels like the lid's well, going to pop I'm going to say truly, this game, the insert in this game is good enough that I bookend my game and when I open up the, the tin, I don't go, wow, it's a mess. No, I'm not worried about that part. Right. I'm worried about the lid falling off. Like if you didn't have another game next well, to no, it. The, the lid's pretty solid on this one. Hmm. I still hate tins. Here's yes. the problem with tins. If I bump a cardboard box and get a ding in it, nobody really notices. But if I dent a tin, 
Ugh. Everyone notices. Yes, and it really bothers you. And then there's some of these recycler guys that are going to want to smash my game and put it in a trash bag and take it down. <laughs> I don't know. What? To the recycler? You're weird. You're weird, too. I know. What else got played, Nicole? Enough um, about Forbidden Islands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then I wanted to take a game to play at lunchtime on Friday with Angela. Oh, this is one of those private pinkied up games, huh? I, well, I just, I needed to find a game that we have that I could relearn really quickly. Well, I hope I've played this game. You have played this game. What is it? It's called, Hey, That's My Fish. I have played that. It's I played a- that with Travis and, and, and with RC. Yeah. Okay, well, it's it's a cute little game. It's super quick and easy to learn. Super quick and easy Super. To learn. Yes. Like, I went, ooh, it's been a couple years since I've played this. I don't know. I opened up the little box. (laughs) I looked at the instructions and went, oh, yeah, I got this. Now, this is a little box version of this. Now, they have a big box version of this that came out before that. Oh, really? This is is actually considered the travel version of that game. Is that why it's so tiny? I guess. Okay, so basically, you've got all of these little uh, hexagonal squares. Are they hexes or are they squares? They're hexes. Okay. Um, They're not squares. All right. Tiles. Why did I lose that word? Hexagonal tiles. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Um, but you just put them all, just kind of mix them for. up face down. And then you randomly you'll pick them to put in a pattern. You'll do like eight next to each other and then seven and then eight and then seven and then eight. And that kind of makes a square-ish board. Right. Um, each tile will either have one fish on it, two fish on it, or three fish on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the youngest player, which was Angela. Which there's probably more ones than less twos than, than even less threes. Yes. Um, so the first player gets to take one of their little penguins. And when we, we played a two-player game, so we each had four penguins. Right. Wow. And they have to put it on one of the one fish tiles. All right. And then the other person gets to place one back and forth until all four are placed. Cool. Then you can move your penguin as far as possible in any one direction or as far as you wish in any one direction, provided you don't hit an open space and you don't go through another penguin, whether it's your own or not. So you're moving one direction of six different directions. Yes. Because it's a hex. And you stop wherever you want. Exactly. Right. If that's five spaces away, as long as there's nothing in your way, that's fine. If it's the next space, that's fine, too. But it's just one straight line. Straight line. Great. So, then, whatever space that you were on when you started your turn. Which was a one at the start. When It it was a one at the start. You pick up that hex. Yeah. And it is yours. And you put it face down in your pile. And that's one point. And that's one point. Cool. So, then, at the end of the game... Whoever has the most points, right? Fish, yeah, wins. Right. So basically you're just trying not to get stranded on an ice flow or, uh, you know. Well, this game, what's what's neat about this game is it seems really simple, but you're reducing the map as yes. you go. So when I when I played it with Travis and RC, we were really, you know, very cognitive of who was cutting off what areas from the other person and trying to, like, reduce... Where they could go. And because the game kind of ends for you whenever you get stuck on one tile and can't move away from it. Yeah. And so you're like, I would, I would purposely try to cut off giant sections of like points from the other players. And they would know that. And sometimes they would get too, they would get too worried about what I was cutting off from them. Mm -hmm. And they'd shoot inside there and I'd cut them off and leave them in that little piece of points and they would get no points at all. Yeah. And I mean, it was kind of stranded. So the, 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 the main gist of the game is is actually like sort of a movement thing, like sort of like reducing areas and forcing people into these little sections where they get just this many less points than you. Yeah. 
And it was, I mean, I, I found the game fairly strategic for such a small and simple game. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's really quick, though, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, we learned it, put it put it or put it out and played it in less than 15 minutes. Yeah, right. And I, I I'm sorry, Angela, I beat her. <laughs> right. And and the good thing about this game is it teaches almost instantly. Yeah. You move I mean, this many quick. squares in, in any direction and you pick up the square you were on. Yeah. And if so you, you can't two square, it's tile. Okay. Well, and the Not tile square. that you were on that, I mean, that's, but that's what's cool about it is it yes. teaches really, really quick. It packs really, really small. It's a yes. great, what I call well, a backpack game. Especially because this is a travel edition. Right. And my, my complaint, I always have to have one, um, but my complaint on this one would be that those little tiles are kind of hard to pick up. Yeah. And they mess up your board a little bit. Yeah. So you have to be careful that you're not, you know, messing it up too much where right. you can't tell what was adjacent right. to and, something And initially, else. like I said, it was probably like two to three times larger. Yeah. Sort of like Hive. The original version of Hive was larger. Yeah, and we got the little tiny one. Right. But Hive is Hive has these big chunky bits. Yeah. These this are has not, these little these flat little cardboard flat. tiles. Yeah. But the price point for this is, is really affordable. It's like $15. Was it? Yeah. Sad and bad. I don't know. So it's not a bad little game. Like I said, if you, if you, honestly, if you, if you're playing with a non gamer, something like Checkers, which is what this is like, is a very easy game to teach to someone. Yeah. You know, it's just like you just move and pick up the tile. And here's the basic strategy is trying to make sure you get the most points by cutting me off from points. Yeah. That's really easy to do. And then to play a really competent, competitive game that's fun with somebody else. Yeah. No matter who they are. And then, of course, they maybe you get somebody who says, wow, I didn't know games like this existed. And exactly. you're like, of course they do. Yeah. But it's so, a nice little lunchtime game. Or... <laughs> right. I agree. So then after that, we decided, well, we still have like 40 minutes left on our lunch break. And what did you do? So we played Ticket to Ride oh, no. on the iPad. how did that turn out? IPad. Um, we played the Mega Cities version, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you, on that one, if there's like a card that you can't complete, right. you just skip it. You don't go for it. You don't go, oh, well, gee, if I go right. around the, you know, back way, I can finally get to there. No, you give right. up that eight points, and you just keep getting more and more cards, and you complete all of those. Because <laughs> there's like a billion and a half right. cards that all connect. Right. Now, we've talked about Ticket to Ride before, and this is just a variation of it. And they, they basically say, okay... We're only going to talk about the biggest cities in the United States. And we're going to make it only connections to those cities. Yeah. And so you just skip stuff like crazy because you know you'll hit another city. And the scores in those expansions like Mega Cities go way beyond what they are in the base game. Yeah. That one, we we played a four-player game on it. Against two bots. Two bots, yeah. Right. And Angela did not know my strategy. And she did not play that version. I just kept taking more tickets. Yeah. That's it. Like go for the tickets. Of, yeah, instead of going, okay, well, I better complete this one before I get more. Forget yeah. it. This one, it's it was too hard to get to. It was only eight points. I just kept taking other tickets, right. and I ended up with like two hundred and ten points. That's insane. To her, like eighty nine or something. Now, for those so. of you long listeners, you might remember <laughs> that, that the Travis challenge. I think his points were only just over two hundred. Well, for the normal game. That's the normal game. And how many games did you hard. play trying to reach over 200 with the normal game? On the game? normal game, I played a lot. A lot of games. Would we say know. over 30? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh! And, <laughs> Checking. <laughs> Dying. I know. Water. Now, the thing is about this, this is like in the, in the, in the mega cities, hitting over 200 points. 
Well, it's no nothing. problem. Yeah. That's like that's like where you start to be like that's, adequate. That's like I actually took a couple turns trying to get that eight point card Ridiculous. finished, and then realized what am I doing? This is silly, and quit. So if I'd just gone ahead and plowed through and gotten more cards before yeah. that, I could have gotten more points. Pretty easily, I'm sure. Well, I'm very sorry that Angela lost those games that day. I'm Believe pretty me. sure she's going to whoop me next time Here's we play the good out of news, Angela, is it's another work week, and I'm sure you will beat Nicole on the next game. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nicole doesn't like that. Let me that's have okay. something. Come on. <laughs> but guess what, Nicole? Halloween Oh, Angela is... beat me at trivia. She took first place. I took second. Nicole plays trivia on Thursday night at bars. Or at One, a bar. A bar. Yes, bars. she goes like to a bar and hey. she plays trivia and and she's like, hey, you know the uh, no, <laughs> and, and she she gets beat by Angela at trivia. Yes, Angela beats me. That's at okay, trivia. but Nicole, Halloween is over and our games are definitely sort of evening out in genres. Wouldn't oh, yeah. you say? A little we bit. We played a train game and a fish game and a sinking and a, island game. And a well, and game. then then a horror <laughs> game. But that's okay. Twenty five percent horror is, is is respectable. I think. Would you I think say so? If, if horror is not respectable, I don't know. <laughs> but before we uh, play those games, as decreed by the five four five law one fifty two, we had to play one of our five. All right, all right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One two three four. Five. This is a five for five update. Okay, well, we did start a new 5 for 5 last time, right? Yes. And we started with, uh, what, Warehouse 51, uh, Devastation of Indians, Roll Through the Ages, Confusion, and the one we played this week, The Grizzled. Yep. Now, The Grizzled, this is a co-op game again, so we're talking about two co-op games this week. Yeah. So if you're into that... This is a great episode for you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, The Grizzled is released by Cool Mini or not, and guess what? What? There's not one miniature in this box. Oh, you're right. No, there... There's not a miniature in this box. There was a... Oh, yeah, that was cardboard. Right. The first player tokens, just like two pieces of cardboard put right. together to stand up. Right. So like this, is, this is one of their uh, or not variety. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in this game, you uh, play... This is a World War One setting game. Yeah. And you are going to uh, set a certain number of cards into your hand that you have to have every turn. And you get these cards, and there's they're like... They're, there's th- certain threats on these cards, right? Yes. And you got snow, snow you've got rain, rain you got dark. Night. Right? For your yeah, for your weather. Those threats. are three threats that are that are environmental threats, and those are combined with three other threats, which is like assault, a, a bullet, gas, a gas mask, and and bombardment. What does that look assault, like? Assault, which is the whistle, the whistle. gas mask, which is a gas, it's gas attack, and bombardment, which is that bullet. And so those six different threats get sort of combined. Now, when you play this game, you're getting a hand of cards. Like, someone will say, I want to take... You basically, okay, well, let me just start. Like okay, this. start over. What? This is rough. It is, it's, yeah. Okay, so that you've got two different goals. You've got your winning goal, which is the bird of... The dove of peace. <laughs> so, <laughs> the dove of peace. With a little olive branch in and his little And it carries lips. it, and it goes, cuckoo. Does he do that? I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> you, they, you, you take this little dove, the, this little dove of cuckoo piece, and you put it on the bottom of a certain number of cards. And this is based on how many players you are. And the other one is a war memorial 
that memorializes you and all your friends and your efforts in the war. But it's a memorial. So you're kind of dead. So you're dead. <laughs> so you're dead. <laughs> yes. Right? And yes. you get the majority of the cards go in that memorial pile, right? Yes. And so you start off and you're trying to reduce the cards in the peace pile and then have like a turn where you have no cards in your hand and the peace pile is completely empty and the dove of peace is showing cuckoo and <laughs> the other that that you want to do that before the war war memorial gets revealed okay and the way you do that is every turn there is a squad leader who says we're going to do this many cards and they tell you like you know, three, for instance. And if it's three, every player gets dealt three cards. And then they take those cards and they take turns playing them into the middle and and trying not to to accumulate three symbols. Now of the, any one type. Of any one type. Now, there's two different varieties of cards. There's cards that cause threats and cards that are called hard knock cards. Yeah. The hard knock cards are these, like, sort of, like, negative personality traits or effects that affect an individual person because you each play a, a character but the only re- real thing your character does is he has one effect where he can he can get rid of a threat he can get rid of a certain type of time threat one time per game right now so, so this sort is sort of helpful right so this is the turn <laughs> you you play you play your cards into the middle and you're playing off of each other yeah. So you're playing all these cards face up, and like the first one might be knight plus a gas mask. Well, that's knight and a gas mask. You can only have one more knight and one more gas mask before you fail the mission as a group. So you don't ever want to hit three of any one type of those six threats. Correct. Right? And you can play hard knocks on yourselves, but uh, some of those hard knocks say stuff like you'll panic when there's a bombardment. So it'll say panic and have like a little picture of a bullet on there. So now that counts always as universally for everybody as one bombardment, even if you finish that mission and start the next mission, which would be the next stand of cards with the next squad leader who says, we're going to do this many cards into our hands. And you already have a bombardment against you. Right. Before a single card's cards played, you have one bombardment because this guy panics at bombardments. Yeah. So then somebody else plays one. Well, now you can't play a third one because that's, or a second one because it's counted as your third. Right. It's hard. Right. <laughs> so you've got these, now these hard knock cards, there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Over one third of the deck, I believe, is is these hard knock cards that give you these horrible effects. Like, for instance, one of them, like like I said, the panic at, at a bombardment, that's that's an effect. And that, that occurs on night, on snow, on yeah. rain, on bombardments, mm-hmm. on gas masks, on everything. Yeah. Right? Some of them affect like things like you'll finish the turn and you flip one more threat card over from the peace deck and if it matches if it makes a a, a trilogy of cards on the table then you lose, you that, lose that mission yeah now losing a mission is bad because of this all the cards you guys just played into the middle go right back into the peace deck at the end they of the get turn further away from that cuckoo right. dove whereas if you succeed they all get discarded out of that right which is a great thing to have happen, right? Yes. But now, that doesn't happen for us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, the first okay. game we played of this, I I didn't even understand what happened when you won a hand because we didn't win a single hand. Right. 
Not one single hand. It was it was a dark day in the World War One. Yes. <laughs> Trench war was not good that day. No. But here's the thing. After the turn, you got then you do like this weird phase, and this is one of these things that kind of shakes the game up. Like obviously it's really easy to say we don't get three of these same things. But the next thing you have is these chips that you have in your hand called chipot like chipot chips. <laughs> Chipotle chips. Chipotle chips that are lime Yum. flavored. But you uh <laughs> you have these support chips, right? And they say left, right. In our case it was a two player game, so it only says left or right. And you get two you get a left and a right, and then you get a random chip. Now if you're playing more than two players, you can get these chips that say like two to the left or two to the right. And I think it's I think if it start if you get up to four players, it does that. Three okay. three say, we stays never did the same. That. But you, you basically you're going to support whoever's on the left or the right of you. And in their two-player game, now once again, this says two-player in the box, you have to play a robot character. But you don't really play the robot character right. except for during that Because he never plays cards. He yeah. only supports. Yeah. So during that support <clears throat> phase, right. you randomly pick one of his chips and then he either supports... Player one or player two. Right. That's it. Now, whoever has majority, if you succeeded in the mission, you can get rid of two hard knocks or you can get your lucky charm back, which is that effect we talked about getting rid of. (laughs) (laughs) You can get some milk and some cereal. No, you can get your lucky charm back, which is that thing where we take a certain card out of one of the cards that's in play. You can remove one by flipping over your card and getting rid of your lucky charm. You can get your lucky charm back or you can get rid of two hard knocks. Which are great to which get Which you rid of. always do. That's right. what you always do. Because they're terrible. And there's, they're horrible. There's so many there's of them so in the deck. Many. And if you get four hard knocks, <laughs> you lose. Yes. And if you fail the mission, let's say that you got three of a certain kind and someone still gets support, they can only get rid of one hard knock and can't get their lucky charm back. Mm-hmm. Which is terrible. Terrible. There's so many ways to lose this right. game. Now here's here's and we found them all. Here's where where it kind of where you understand that the the relationship between the two decks. You have the War Memorial deck, which is bigger than the Peace deck. So at the end of the round, you count up how many cards there are in every player's hand, and that's how many cards get transferred from the War Memorial deck to the Peace deck, minimum of three. So three cards go to matter whether you won the won it. You have zero cards, you'd still do three cards. But if you have in these bad cases like Nicole and I in some of these games <laughs> where we had like 10 cards in our deck, 10 cards would leave one deck and go into the other. And it's only like a 60 card deck in the first place, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then you start the next turn by pla- passing the first player marker over. And then you get what's called a speech token, which is another thing you can do during the turn, which is during your turn, you can give a speech and you can blindly call out a threat is basically how it works. You say, I'm going to give a speech about how we shouldn't be afraid of snow. And you play that token down to the table and you you discard the token. And the other players, not you, but the other players can discard a snow-related card from the game. Which is sometimes more effective than others. Well, that's fine. But sometimes it's completely flat. And so the other person's like, well, great. You talked to me about the snow snow. and I have no snow cards. But some of the snow cards, like the, like he was saying, there's a there's a threat of, uh, you know, snow with a gas mask. Mm-hmm. Some of them will be there's a threat of snow or rain or night, mm-hmm. all on this one card right. with a gas mask. 
There's right. one card that has all six threats on it. It wasn't six. They didn't yes, have that, it had. They? Yes, there was one card that had all three weather conditions and all three. I don't remember that. Other things. I remember I had it one time, and I was and you happened to call the right right speech, and I was <laughs> able to get rid of that card. Right, and then we lost anyway. What? It was it was bad. Look, though, take it easy. I can never go to war because <laughs> it'll just. I don't want to be a memorial. Yes, really, you do. No. <laughs> Yes, you do. Think about those guys raising the American flag up. Wouldn't you like to be one of those dudes? Wouldn't you be like the only lady? All the respect in the world, but I am way too much of a chicken. I don't want to do it. (laughs) We'll take the first part of that. You're way too much of a chicken. Yeah, I know. uh, (laughs) No, but so so this game, what's what's bad is is that you're trying to control these situations. Then you're trying to reduce that deck, but you're going to get three every time. So if you choose one between the two of us, we've just added a card to our deck. Yes. Or we've added two. If we choose two and we have zero cards in our hands, we've still added one card. Or no, we've, we've reduced one one card only. What? So it gets, it gets rough. You start doing this mathematics in your head. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I'm not good at that. Right. And and I mean, I'm just saying, the game's pretty tough. It's hard. Unless you and Travis play it. You guys kept winning. No, 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 no. Let's get into that in a second. Now, I'm just going to say the game gets really hard really quick. And and when you start losing, you just keep losing because you gain those hard knocks and there's another condition to lose by. You can only have, what is it, four hard knocks or three? I said that, four hard knocks. Right. So each one of these hard knocks has a little lightning bolt symbol on it. And sometimes you get one that says you have two hard knocks from this one card. Oh, yeah, that happened too. Right? So it gets hard quick, and trying to make a comeback and trying to stabilize it and get control of that game again gets really rough. But the good news about this is this game comes in a really small box. It's almost the same size as Hey, That's My Fish, which (laughs) categorizes it as a backpack game to me. Yeah. And it plays in a really small, tight area, which is perfect for my type of job where I'm working with a technician table and I've got a little space here and that's all I got. But I can still knock out a game real quick if we got a 30 minute break. Right. Which is really cool. Uh, Now, I'm going to tell you that. The first two times I played with this was not with Nicole. Of course not. It was with Nate. Oh, Nate. Oh, sorry. Right. Now, we have never had Nate on the episode. We tried to get him to play Fury of Dracula with us, but he decided not to because of whatever reason. Stuff going on. Right. Whatever reason. Not like you were home. But here's the thing is Nate and I won our second game. And now I had heard that this game was really, really hard. And I was like really nervous that in a co-op game... You don't want to easily win your second game. You want to win your eighth game like Pandemic was for us. Right. We won our second game and I was like, is this going to be weird that I win games and am I missing rules? So I started second guessing myself. But no, we legitimately won the second game. So then I bring it home to you and we play five times in a row. <laughs> what happens? And we lost five times in a row. Right. We lose five times in a row. It was bad. No. I don't know whose alarm that is going off. But anyways, the uh, <laughs> we lose five times in a row, and I feel bad about it. And I and we got close one time. We were kind of in control, and then we lost. Yeah. So then I take it back to work with me, and I'm on another show, and I'm with Travis this time. And we play two times, and we win the second game. Or no, we won fair. the first game. We won the first game and lost the second game. Still. And he looked at me after the first game and said, I thought you said this game was hard. And I'm like... I'm um, five games in a row losing, you know. It's my fault. And I think it's Nicole's <laughs> fault. No, I'm just kidding. The uh, the uh, 
But we won. So that makes it that leads me to believe with these two people, like you and I gained experience over the course of five games. Yeah. And we still didn't win. No. And it leads me to believe that these, I mean, there is limited communication in this game. You cannot communicate what cards you have in your hand to the other player ever. Right. Because otherwise then you'd be cheating when you right. have the, uh, the speech, the speech. card. So speech you, you things, never talk yeah. about what you have in your hand and you never talk about what support token you're playing. Right. Because then you could sort of collaborate and it would make the game too easy. Right. But it kind of pushes it into, now I'm not going to say this is a negative thing, but it kind of pushes it a little bit into that lucky realm where in the right circumstances you could potentially win. And the game is already kind of one of those card games that reminds me a little bit of Castle Panic and that the wrong card draw will kill you every time. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it will just happen. Yeah. So there is no absolute way to win this game. You may be a victim of circumstance, like Solitaire, every time you like when you play it. Just by the mix of the cards, you may be doomed from the start, and you're just playing to find out if you're doomed or not. Yeah. But that doesn't bother me that much because of the short play time. You still have feel and the like ease of entry. Well, and you still feel like you're making those decisions because you do have a hand of cards. Right. You can play them in different orders. Right. That maybe that wouldn't have killed you. You know, maybe you because the other thing is once you're getting into this, you can say, "Well, I've still got mm-hmm. two cards left, but I know that I'm going to die if I play either one of them. I retreat." Were the options like when you came to your hand of cards? Would do they feel like they were too simple? Like your choices? Were they too obvious? Oh, God, no. Well, they're never simple because it's always a handful of things are going to kill me. Right. Or make it worse for you. Right. So, I mean, it was challenging to know, to figure out which card I was going to play. Yeah. I think Hard Knocks changes that dynamic just enough between obvious decision and... And ooh, a little bit of thought. Is, yeah. Because if you hold on to those hard, hard knocks cards, then you may not yet have that one that says you cannot retreat while you still right. have a card left in your hand. Mm-hmm. That can be, you know, just awful. Right. Or you can hold on to it for a while, go ahead and retreat from this round, win this round, and you still have that card for next mm-hmm. time. But, you know, maybe there'll be something that where you can get rid of it later on. A little more easily. I don't know. I mean, there's still a little bit of strategy involved, but right. but yeah, the way the cards are dealt out is going to determine now if you win. <laughs> some people have said that the theme of this game is a bit grim. You know, the pictures the, are a little a little goofy for as grim as the theme is. Right. So it kind of balances out. I don't feel like an evil, awful person when I play it or anything. But do you? I mean, I, I've heard people say that they that it's sort of a depressing game. That, that you're losing this war, and here's your memorial at the end. Sorry. Eh, I don't know. That's I, I mean, I didn't feel it too bad. No. It's still, like, it's a game. It's... Yeah. You know, but I just, I, I don't take things too to heart anyway. Right. You know, I'm just not that type of person. I don't know. But I, I mean, I here's... I at things. Here's the question. Do you recommend this game? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because right at this moment we're talking about it, uh-huh. and I want to go play it when we're done with this right. podcast. And I, I think really the, do. I, I think the price point is pretty cheap again, too. Just like, hey, that's my How fish, I think 20? it's like something like $20. See, once again, I didn't buy it, you did. Of course. Well. I think it's like $20. Yeah. And this is a solid co-op backpack game that you can play with somebody else, and it doesn't take too long to teach it. 
Really? It's kind of addictive. It's fun, right? Yeah. But I will say that you don't feel I, – I, I, I've won it twice, and I didn't feel like some massive, glorious moment. It felt like a struggle even to win. Yeah. See, I haven't you know, had that moment, so I don't know. You'll never have it. I'm sorry. Probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I don't know. I would recommend it. There you go. I'd recommend it too. And it's fun and quick and deep, and what else do you want out of a game? That's amazing. At least the artwork isn't depressing, though. It, I mean, it really is just kind of... It, it almost looks like uh, Dr. Seuss paintings. Yeah. You know? Kind of. Kind yeah. of a Dr. Seuss-esque thing. Now, this guy, this artist died. Did he? Yeah. He died in, in like, some sort of Muslim attack overseas. Really? Right. I yeah. didn't... Oh, crap. I did hear about that. Right. Okay. I did hear about that. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't realize I knew that. Harsh world. Yeah. Harsh game. Now, now that, that is depressing now. Oh. <laughs> Just buy his game and... Well, does the money go towards <laughs> anything? I don't think so. Oh. I think it goes to miniatures in their next game. No, I'm sure they do something. Because <laughs> we got to look at that, but... No, I don't think it does. Huh. But guess what, Nicole? What? One down, four to go. Okay. Now, uh, this week, we played a game. Our feature game was based on uh, a book series, and... It's about Discworld. It's called Discworld. This is this is the series of books. Is Discworld right. right? Now, Discworld is a book series with forty-one novels that that serialize into each other, and there's several short story books after this forty-one novels. Okay. Uh huh. So. It's sort of, and, and I know it's sort of a satirical look at Tolkien and Lovecraft and Howard, basically everything that's sort of revered in nerd culture, right? Uh huh. And the books often feature a reluctant protagonist who tries to save the world. Now, neither one of, neither you or I have read these books. No. Not even one. No. And who's it, who's it by? Do you even know? <laughs> Terry Pratchett. Very good. In your face. I knew that one. So. Okay. This is so you're uh, good at trivia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am good at trivia. I just don't think it's a game. Uh, but neither one of us has read the series, and uh, so this is probably this. What about that? This week is going to be probably as big a stretch as the Tucson vacation was to the game Scoville. Aw, <laughs> what? What's I, wrong with that? I liked our vacation. Of course you did. We ate spicy foods. Uh, so this week we talk about the. Longest serialized book series that we've ever read. All these games have been games. We played a game like this. What about that? Oh my god. So <laughs> we're not gonna talk long about this. <laughs> so Nicole, what's the longest uh, book series you've ever read? That's kind of weird i i read the left behind series and that was 12 books left behind yeah now i worked at a bookstore and they were popular and it was end the, of the were world. they popular i mean seriously oh my gosh yes you worked at borders yeah now they for, closed eventually they, yeah thanks for the reminder again. that's okay but there was only room for one and it wasn't it was Barnes and Noble, <laughs> Barnes and Noble. <laughs> which is stinky i never liked shopping there as much as borders but eh, it was okay 
They had Possibly. Starbucks inside. What were we going to do? Uh, that's Starbucks true. Starbucks was popular, and their bookstore was a bookstore, but just like But I don't like, like their bookstore. signage. I can't find anything there. Really? Really. You don't like Barnes & Noble. Eh, they're okay. Here's the I good news, go folks, now. is that Barnes & Noble does annual board game sales, you know, probably four that's times true. a year, and you you take advantage of those you'll enjoy it you get good deals yeah i buy more board games than i do books there so anyhow but so yeah I. so i read the left behind series right um very these, and end these of the are world. because <laughs> yeah it's because you like end of the world books i do and and movies too like, like if you I see do. a movie with a giant tidal wave crashing on new, to new york city or I'm something like that it. nicole's there oh yeah i will totally watch she's that. loving that she's she's you know, I can't believe it. I'm going to that movie. <laughs> I don't care what the price is. Doom, destruction, zombie apocalypse. You won't even wait for the matinee. I don't know why that stuff appeals to right. me. But how I many, totally, I totally how many books did you read in this? Well, there's 16 books in the series, and right. I know I read 12 of them. Right. I don't remember reading the other four. Yeah. So, and I, I know they have like a couple kids' book series right. in there. I, I didn't count those in there, and I didn't read any of those. Well, I mean, 12 books is but, pretty good. Yeah. Think about they were that. okay. I liked them. That would be like over a quarter of the Discworld books that were read. I was really or hoping, written. though. I went and checked in my hobby room to see if there was another series that I'd read more yeah. books that had more books. Okay. Unfortunately, it was only eight books. Uh-huh. But that's the uh, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader series. The funny thing those about are those. Way more fun. It's ridiculous. But the funny thing about those <laughs> is I didn't actually read those very much. I, you know, The Bathroom you, Readers? Well, yeah, you had them on the toilet. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't smell any of our bathroom reader books. <laughs> well, I mean, just, they're fine. Those, they are fine. The, 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 that stain is deep. Oh, whatever. Yeah. You're disgusting. <laughs> I don't have them in the bathroom anymore, though. That was funny, though. But I'm just saying, I, I never read them very much. I mean, I basically get through like one page. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't well, they have different lengths. I'm not going to stories. I'm not going to spend library amounts of time in there. <laughs> Actually, most of the time, I'd read them just in bed. Yeah. Because they're funny. They're interesting. They're I don't okay. know. They they're trivia-like like, books. It's trivia books. Yeah, it's like, I like, it's like trivia yeah, stuff. Yeah, those trivia questions and answers, and then that gives you, like, the story with it. Here's it's crap you never needed to know right. about stuff. They're okay. That you never knew you wanted to know it about. Right. Yeah. They're supposed to be in really small, poop-sized <laughs> bites. <laughs> Not that anybody's biting poop. Once again, some are longer than others, you know. <laughs> so left behind this 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 biblical book series now they made movies about this they made they movies made about this three of them well right and i watched the first one with kirk cameron no kirk cameron wasn't around yeah he was in the first one it, was he yes well i ignored him completely he was the main star was he how could you ignore him he was I guess the I guy just, i guess i don't care about he him. was buck williams <laughs> If he had played Buck Wiley, <laughs> I would have gone for it. But no, I didn't. I didn't pay attention. I, I didn't realize that that was him. Oh yeah, that was totally him. Eh, whatever. But then I think he was in the second one. I don't know. They kind of went downhill. They got. They just right. got boring. But then they they tried to remake the first one. Right, and these are stories with about Nicholas Cage specifically. Now these are stories about Revelation. Yeah, it's and, about the, and and they're like, hey, all rapture. your loved ones are suddenly gone. Yeah, and now what do you do? Yeah. And and I, I guess they made, how many movies? You said three? They, they only, I've only seen three of them be made. But they're making, it's like a small, what I think it's like Cloud Nine production or something. I don't yeah. know. It's a small uh, Christian organization making the movies. Right. So, you know, they're not always getting right. a ton of money to now, do it. And then they, they did the Nick Cage version, which I think was pretty much a flop. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. It was, it was like... <laughs> 
nothing <laughs> nothing about the books in a movie yeah. and turned into Did people even disappear in it? Yeah, they did. Where's my wife? It was almost a good effect. They Where did is they, she? they showed like no, they showed <laughs> one the the kid disappearing in the arms of his sister, which is like that never happened in the book. Like not even close. They were gone. No one saw it, you know. <laughs> And but they did it in a mall. Was Nick Cage like and a father so, of somebody? Or yeah, what? Nick. He's like the dad. Okay. And he's an airplane pilot. So his son disappears in his sister in, in his in daughter. In his daughter's doesn't. arms. Yeah. Where'd your son go? Well, he's on a plane, <laughs> like going to London, and they turn around. And catch on fire. Listen, they turn around and they come back, <laughs> and they've they've changed this now. So the daughter has to save the 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 plane by driving like this truck down some road in the middle and setting a big fire so that they could have a place to land. Are you land. sure this isn't the sequel to Con Air? It, it, that's what it felt like. <laughs> oh my gosh, you nailed it. Oh my god. You nailed it. It was like Con Air, <laughs> only the girl has to save the With day. Steve Buscemi in it? It was so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Like, it had nothing to do with the books whatsoever. Like, there will never be a sequel oh, no. based on what they did. It was it was so bad. Terrible. So, I mean, it wasn't even a good adventure movie. So, anyhow, that was my... Well, there you go. Longest <laughs> book series. Now, that, how embarrassing. I mean... What? Why is that embarrassing? I don't know, because it's like, it's cheesy and... Look, mine's just as cheesy. Oh, yours is way more embarrassing. How dare you? Go ahead. I doubt that. To me personally, not as cheesy. Okay. Yours is at least a multiplier of two cheesy. Look, mine at least they tried to make two different movies about. Whatever. I mind they made a movie about. One movie. It starred mm-hmm. Fred Ward. Fred Ward. Star of Tremors. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and what's the series? Of course, Kevin Bacon wasn't involved with it. This is the Destroyer series. Yes. Now, some people, I don't know if most people, most listeners, because I, I think most people don't really get involved with this, but I think there are people who get involved with these kind of book series. There are these like sort of action series. Like I know that there's one called The Executioner, and the one I read is called The Destroyer. And these are these action books that are just like, oh, they're so easy. It's like bologna and cheese sandwiches. It's like the, little pulp novels. They're it's, so easy to eat and to digest, and it just goes right in your mouth and, and right through you, no problem. <laughs> You know what they seem like to me? What? They're always those little tiny paperbacks that you can get for, you know, a dime or whatever. Ah, not like, so in the later series, lady. Well, it's they're like the Harlequin romances for men. They are that. Yes. I, will, I will give you that. They are yes. like Harlequin <laughs> romance for men. And I don't care because these are so, they're so masculine. It's unbelievable. And uh-huh. I love them. I don't know what it is. It's so easy to read and it's like this nice... This nice blanket that you trust that's going to keep me this warm, and you just kind of pull it over and snuggle up with this Destroyer book. <laughs> I know you're Ridiculous. like, why are you saying sweet things about a book called The Destroyer? This book is, uh, it had a movie called Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. It was cheesy. <laughs> now, my I've, I've read 36 of these books. That's insane. 36. of insane. And, and there are over 150 books in the series. Are they are they like all ghostwriters? It's not all the same person. No, they, they've, they've switched them over the years. Like one guy will write like 30 in a row, and then another guy will write like 20, and then another guy writes 10, and then another guy writes, comes back and writes 20 more. Right. But it's the same thing as Doctor Who. Doctor Who has books, and they're all written by different writers. 
It's true. Have you read any of those? Yes. Are they good? But I haven't read 36 of them, and they're okay. <laughs> they're a lot harder to digest. What about James Bond? Did you ever read any of those books? I've read like three James, three or four James Bond's books, and they're a lot more racist and sexist what? than the movies are even. Weird. I didn't know that. Oh, don't. Eh. I don't know about Ian Fleming. <laughs> Okay, well, he may that... have been okay in the 1950s, but in 2015, he's kind no. of a jerk. Wow! But, but I still, well, I love James Bond. I don't care what anybody says. I, I love him. Well, the movies are. I, I love the character. I absolutely do. It's so interesting. And then, and the Destroyer is very akin to Bond-ish. James Bond. Ish. And in this series, they take a cop and they, and I'll just ruin the first book. I don't care. Spoilers? No, you can't do that. Just give a brief scenario. Okay, well, eventually this guy becomes a master of a martial art that is almost like Sith training, where there's a master and a pupil only, ever, in the entire world. And it's this elite martial art that's like so far beyond what any martial art on Earth would ever be called Sinanju. Oh, wow. And... It's off the charts. By being a master of Sinanju, this is this is how ridiculous this gets. By being a master of Sinanju, you can like, for instance, run on water. Oh. Why not? Okay. Right? Uh-huh. You can uh you could you can you you emit a pheromone that automatically makes the opposite sex ridiculously attracted to you. And you're Fred Ward? I don't care who you are. If you're Remo <laughs> Williams, you're amazing. Yes. Okay. That's just weird. <laughs> but here's the funny thing about this. This book is amazing because it's it's so comical. His relationship, he's this very Americanized guy. He's this former New York City cop with dealing with this like small town Korean man. And and the, the just the juxtaposition of their relationship and, the, and 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 their personalities is so much fun to read. So this is probably why you like Big Trouble in Little China too. Then I love it's like Big Trouble in Little China. It's the same thing, right? <laughs> okay. I, I absolutely well, that love explains it. Explains a lot. And there's a ton of comedy in it, and it and it's and it's really like you're a superhero martial arts guy. And he's doing all this like military stuff, like because like the government. This is a secret branch of the government. That only the president knows about and, and will command he'll he'll ask them to go, hey, there's something going on. And next thing you know, Remo's breaking into a submarine. And well, how does a master of a martial art that doesn't shoot guns or doesn't stab people with knives break into a submarine and stop this madman from launching nuclear missiles on the coast? Right. It's super cool. I don't know. I love it every time. It's it's like a comic book in a novel, and you just read books of it. Okay. I absolutely adore it, and I've read 36 of the 150 books, so that's a 20%. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the funny thing is, is that we were thinking about this. When, we were, when you and I were thinking about this book series, Discworld, uh-huh. we kind of were thinking about how the setting of Discworld is this modern meets magic kind of melding, right? Right. Which immediately in my mind pops up with Eberron, which is a Dungeons and Dragons settings that you don't know anything about. Nope. But I did a first level to 30 level campaign through Eberron, the setting. So you get to do this like, you know, you know, for instance, like Eberron, the city has street lamps instead of torches because they have magic that lights street lamps on the streets, you know? Is it a magic called electricity? No. It's called magic moats. Moats? Why not? Moats are water. Look, moat it up. 
I'm just telling you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying, I, I did this like magic meets modern kind of thing, but you kind of push a little bit towards the magic side instead of the modern side. And I think Terry Pratchett does the same thing in this. And we were trying to think of like, of a what about that that would cover this kind of topic. And the first thing that pops into Nicole's mind is what? Harry Potter. Right. Of course. Because it's a magic meets modern setting. And I was thinking that was the biggest series that I'd read because it's seven books, but no. Nope, you beat it. I beat it with the Left Behind ones. You beat it. I know. With the rapture. I I enjoyed (laughs) the Harry Potter books, though, a lot. And I really enjoyed doing the Harry Potter parties. Right, because you worked at a bookstore. Yep. And now you worked at this bookstore. We never had any Left Behind parties. Right, now what what was the first Harry Potter event you had? What book was it? I think it was the fifth one. Fifth? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize it was that late in the series. Well, I didn't. It, I think the fourth book had already come out. Or I mean, they did like a, like right before I started there, the, the fourth book or something came out. Right. Um, but that we didn't really do any parties for anything. Oh. And then the fifth book, when it came out, we did a big party for it. And the parties just got bigger and bigger. Right. So then, of course, when Twilight came out, or when the third Twilight book came out, we did a Twilight party. That's a too. book with, that's a series with three books. It's four. not even of note. It's got four. It's not even of note. And she wrote a fifth book. Too. I read 36 Destroyer books. Shut your Twilight mouth. It was a fun party. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Great party. Which but. was more fun, Twilight or Harry Potter? I don't know. They were both a lot of fun. It was more fun dressing up for Harry Potter, though. I got to be Hermione. <laughs> were you? Yeah, it, which was a little uncomfortable. Thankfully, I always wore shorts under skirts, like always. Did you Did you tell and them? I had to climb up on the counter to right. tell people where to go and to calm down and to quit yelling at my employees because someone else had a ticket that they thought they were getting skipped yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I had to like tell this person... If you don't go away and talk to me about this tomorrow, which please come in tomorrow and talk to me all about it, we're going to have a 2,000-person riot on our hands in about ooh, three minutes when this book releases. So 2,000 people showed insane. up at your bookstore to buy one book. I'm guesstimating, but I know we sold about 1,300 books that night. Lunacy. And everybody was there with someone, if not more than one person. It was insane. That's bonkers. I'm pretty sure we were breaking a couple fire code laws. I'm going to tell you that the closest I can relate to that is is that recently when the Royals won the World Series, the Go Royals. They gave a uh, Taco Bell if if a certain player on our team stole a base, would give away a free breakfast sandwich and I looked in the parking lot and I thought, how pathetic are all these people that they're there filling a Taco Bell parking lot for a Free Wait. $2 breakfast sandwich. You're comparing my lovely party to a Taco Bell <laughs> breakfast? It's so bad. <laughs> we had fun at least. Those people well, good, weren't having good. any fun. Now, did you ever stand up as Hermione and say, it's Alohomora, not Alohomora, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> what is it? It's Leviosa, Leviosa. not Leviosa. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> you read those books. Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> what was Alohomora? I don't remember what that one was. I don't know. That was one of them. I know. It's been a lot of time. I think time. it was like unlock a door. I don't, maybe. Maybe. Or fix some glasses. <laughs> I don't remember. Dang, well, Nicole, you know again. what? Enough about these unrelated book series, okay? Yeah, we probably should stop Let's get to them. the book series that we're <laughs> reviewing this week. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. 
It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. All right, welcome to Ankh Morpork, the largest city in Discworld. As of this moment, our patrician Lord Vinatari has gone missing, and someone may assume leadership of the city if he doesn't show up soon. In this game, players assume one of seven personalities, the elite citizens who attempt to become Ankh Morpork's new leader. Each one has their own secret agenda and method of winning the game. Players then receive 12 minion tokens and six building tokens. Each of us begins the game with three of our 12 available minions in the same three areas of the game board that features a map of the city divided into 12 regions. Control of these regions gives the player victory points, but also a special effect each turn, such as giving you more money, cards, or minions on the board. Players are then dealt a hand of five cards, and then they begin play. The game is play, play is simple. Play a card from your hand, do what it says, draw back up to five cards, and pass the turn. Each of these cards can have multiple effects, including removing other players' minions, getting money, placing your minions, constructing buildings, etc. However, just to add a bit of chaos to the game, many of these cards force the player to draw and resolve a random event card that can cause extreme effects such as removing all of the minions from several regions at once. Expand your city control, fulfill your secret requirement, and win the game, right? Just one problem. The other players block your progress by simply sharing a space and causing what is known as trouble. Trouble is represented with small black discs that stop you from placing buildings in the region. So begins a back and forth to control regions for long enough to pay for and place a building. Reach your secret goal, have the most victory points, or have the most victory points when the player cards run out, but wait. What if you one of you players is actually Lord Venatari? Either way, this leader, this city needs a leader soon. So let's start this review, Nicole. All right, now let me just tell you. What? What are you going to tell me? I have never read a book in this series. No. And this game has a lot of in jokes. <laughs> I think we played a video game of it once. Did we? On the PlayStation, maybe. No idea. I think maybe, but I don't, I don't remember so. it because that would have been a really long time ago because it would have been PlayStation 1. What are they on now, 4? I have. I seriously doubt that. I think we did. Personally, I don't think I did. I think I rented it when I worked at the video store. I know nothing about this. I don't know. The art was cool in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Anyway. Well, here's the deal. I think we start this game pretty much like every other game we've started until after this game. What well, do you think? I don't know. What are you talking about? Well, I think we play Star Player. Oh. You guys ready for this Star Player? Okay. Santa's Helper is the name of the card, and the comic, the cartoon, has a meeple talking to a red see-through die. And the meeple says... Is that magnetic north or to the geographical north? And the other guy says, you've never been to Canada, Leo? And he says, and that is a badge of honor. Dia or die. Ooh. 
It's a personal badge of honor die. Not going to Canada. Is this like an anti-Canadian joke? I think it is. This is just... Personal badge of honor, because I've never been to Canada. Well, I've been to Canada. I've never been to Canada. Is that something to be honored about? I'd like to go to Canada. So would I. I keep wanting to go to Toronto. I know. Well, the player who has been the closest to the North Pole is the star player, so that is Daniel. I said I haven't been to Canada. You haven't? I thought you no, said I have been to Canada. Then you, then you, you been? haven't been to Canada? No. no. Oh, okay. Is I've that never where the been cool to Canada. people are? I don't know. I was on a crazy road trip with my brother. We started in Kansas City. We drove <laughs> to Vancouver. Because that's we, nearby. Then we drove down to L.A., and then we came back. By way of Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that sounds like a great time. <laughs> That sounds like two weeks of in the car. <laughs> that was it was about two weeks. Uh-huh. We stopped in Oregon to hang out with one of our other brothers. No, I want to go to Toronto. We've never done a road but trip. But we got to get passports. He did ride with me from, from Colorado from Kansas City or Colorado to Kansas City once. I was mad about it though. In your truck? It, yeah, I had a bench seat, small like light pickup, and he just all of a sudden revealed when I got to Colorado. Oh, by the way, I'm riding back with you and Trevor. To Kansas City, and I was like, oh, really? So you're going to basically be sitting on my stick shift the whole way back for <laughs> 12 hours. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's a Mazda B2200. It's a little tiny truck. Anybody who has any idea what light trucks look like, that's like the smallest truck you can get. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. I can imagine. <laughs> I'm just saying. Stick shift. Right, and, and truly, folks... <laughs> This is the last start player game I think we ever do. Yeah, because we did record this game before we announced last time that we weren't doing start player anymore. Right. So, oops. But this is it. That's it. Now, this game starts and, I, you know, I play a turn, but I don't really do much. And Daniel plays his turn. And I think he offers a little bit of insight about how this game plays. Martin Wallace game. Take advantage of the cards that are in your hand and do things. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm still if doing this. If you end up with more... He didn't read the Zorgo to blah, blah. Zorgo, the retrophrenologist. What he does is, is that my buddy explained it to me. Phrenology is apparently you yeah, read you the, the bumps. Oh, so he's yeah. a retrophrenologist. He's, he gives you bumps. He changes your bumps to like. Wow. I just changed my personality because I let a guy hit me in the head with a hammer. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I were you. No. <laughs> now this is Martin Wallace, and yeah. you and I have played a Martin Wallace game. Few in fact, we tried to play it five times, and we got through two times. We failed and we miserably. Hated it. Yes. It's a few acres of snow. Yes, but this game is why we were excited about playing a few acres, a few acres of snow. I too. think it was why you were. Well, yeah. I was excited because a lot of people said, oh, my goodness, this is such a, you know, re- you know, revolution to the deck building game. I thought I had a pretty good time with this one, not to spoil this. Spoilers bound this time. This Anyhow, is you. I know. Well, I like <laughs> this game, and I thought I would like that game, and I was mistaken. Well, I'm just saying that, that the one thing I do I did notice, though, is, is when I thought about it and kind of tried to connect the two, this is sort of an area control game. Yes. And the card layout, for some reason, the art design on the cards is similar. Yes. There are some sort of symbols on them, and you follow the symbols. And, and if there's if the symbols you know need to have be supported with text, then there's text. But there's not necessarily text on every card. Yeah. Meh. 
I don't know. This game actually had some humor to it, though, whereas the other one, new. No, you didn't think Few Acres of Snow was funny? New. No. What? What no. about when you went fur trapping as the Frenchman? The little beaver pelt was very amusing to look at. No. No. Right. <laughs> right. Well, let's listen to the first couple of turns and see how this how this goes. So you played a card and you drew a card? I played a card. I did all the stuff on it. But you don't draw until the end of... Right. Okay. And then at the end of your turn, you draw up to five. So you could definitely end up with more than five, in which case you just wouldn't draw. So you, okay. you have five cards right now? So I have five cards right now. Okay. okay so so Fred. I'm going to play Leonard of Quirm and take the four cards from the draw deck. Whoa. I'm going to draw four cards. Two, three... There All right, are. and then you will not draw up to five because you have more than five. That's right. I like that, though, because I need more options. Nicole. So this can go pretty... Each individual turn can be pretty quick. Okay, so I'm going to play Groat, and I get to uh, place one of my minions in or adjacent to an area already containing one of my minions. And there's lots of bridges, so lots of things are really connected, but the um, areas themselves are kind of goofy. Like, this one's like two trapezoids. Right. Oh, weird. Okay. The middle area has, like, these bridges, so it's actually... And if I put a guy in there, it just all... It, it's, he's just there. I don't get, like, money or anything, right? Right. Some things benefit you for being spread out. Uh, it gives you... It'll give you more options. You'll be the only one to be able to build a building if you're the only one there. Okay, well, I'm going to put one in the hippo. Alright, so you're in the hippo. Draw a card. I draw a card. Alright, I should have looked at my cards before just now. <laughs> ah, okay. I'll play this. The Ankhmore Pork Sunshine Dragon Sanctuary. Each player must either give me one dollar or one card of their choice. Ooh. Hold on a second there. Wait for that. Wait for that. Ye- I'm going to that. give you a card. Yay. Uh, I'm going to play this card and make it so I don't have to give you anything. You cannot be a uh, Wallace Sonky. You cannot be affected by the text on a card played by another player. Ooh. All right, but this had the play another card, so I get to play another card. Don't what did Nicole it, give me? You don't have to. Remember, that's an optional thing. Uh, I will play this amazing. that Nicole oh. just gave me. So this is a loan. I'm going to take $10 from the bank right now. And at the end of the game, I have to pay back 12 or I lose 15 points. So that's a loan. All right, so that just stays there. How do you get the points? Uh, at the very end of the game, if the deck runs out without anybody fulfilling their secret objective, right. every dollar you have, whether it's in buildings or in your hand, is worth a point, And every minion on the board is worth five points. That's if nobody succeeds in their whatever. Okay. All right, so I got more money, and I get to play another card. So I will... Hmm. Ah. I will... So this is the main card. I'm going to play it on Dr. Whiteface. Select another player... Go! You have to give me right now five dollars. You have to give me five dollars, or you take this card into your hand. It all it does is take up a card, so you you your hand limit is now four for the rest and of the would, game. Oh, that sounds. And you cannot get rid of it. I give you five. Just give me five. That's all right. Wow. 
And I get to move a guy. I will move a guy That's here. That's a really mean one. That's a mean one. That is a mean one. So you want to make sure... Yeah, I draw. So you want to make sure you have enough money if that, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Cool. All right. <clears throat> I think from that turn, it's pretty obvious that this is Daniel's game. Well, it is his game. Well, we don't own this. No, he brought it over. Right. Which we appreciated. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. We appreciate it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, listen to how, like, our turns go by in this game. The first turns that you and I do, and it's just like, I play this card and I get two bucks and now it's your turn. I draw back up to five. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I play this card, which plays this card, which plays this card. And then I do this and I, you know, mess Fred over and I mess Nicole over and I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. <laughs> well, it took us a minute. <clears throat> right. Let's see if you can do any better then. Right. Let's see. Um, I take $3 from Daniel and I play another card. You gotta read the card. Read, read the card. It's Nobby Knobs. And he looks like, I mean, I'm telling you, it looks like Don Knotts. I was going to say Gomer uh, Pyle. And he looks like Don Knotts. Like uh, Barney Fife. Take $3 right. from another player of your choice. I play another card. I play Rinse Wind. Uh, right. I have to turn over a random event. It says Fog. Draw and discard the top five cards from the deck, which I'll allow Daniel to do since he's closer to the deck. One, two, uh, then three, I can move four, <laughs> five... Then I can move one of my minions from an area containing a trouble marker to an adjacent area. So I'm going to move. Oh, who do I want to move? And this is the price to build a building in that area? Yes. That's really expensive. 6, 12, and 18. That's probably good. Which one are you looking at? Seven sleepers? No, I'm just, I'm pointing at this. I can't get there. I have to move adjacent. And what's this thing mean? This is the die roll. That, yeah. Well... Everything's so expensive. Um, I mean, everything's like a $12 hauler. This is... Where's this? This is... Is that in here? Yeah, that's all... Yes, it's all one well. thing. Ugh. Okay, if you do it there, you're going to make trouble. I'll I'm move there. into the Isle of the Gods, okay? All right. Um, play another card. Let's play another card, and I will play... I'm going to play the Royal Mint. So I'm going to build... Well, I can't build. Never mind. I don't you have any money. You could build... You could build there. Like you have oh, bucks. I'm supposed to remove a trouble marker too, wasn't I? And remove a trouble marker. Uh, mm-hmm. In an well, area containing a trouble marker. Wait. I know, but I can I can move out of there, and then I can move another one, right? I can no. move wait. Away. No. Move one of your minions from an area containing a trouble marker to an adjacent area. Oh, okay. So, so it didn't him. move a trouble marker. No, it just it activated off of having. But a when you marker. do that, does it automatically? Yes, and this is gone. One? Yep, this is gone because somebody moved out of it. So you're right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And how much money do I have now that you stole from me, dirty um, jerk? Five, eight dollars is not enough to do a damn thing. Well, not there. Um. You can't build. So yeah, you can't build anywhere. Okay, I'll just play this card then instead. I'll play Captain Carrot. So you get a minion, and I get to put a minion in any space I want, right? Yeah, because you're now you're adjacent to here, and here, because there's a little bridge there, and there, and there. So I'll put a minion right there in Long's Wall, or Long's mm-hmm. Wall, and then I get to remove a trouble marker from a board. So, so if you want to build somewhere. I know, but if it's not going to get back around to me. Yeah, you don't have to. It's, that's optional. I 
I don't think I'm going to, because you guys are just going to take advantage of it, and then I get a dollar. And you get a dollar. One dollar, please. One dollar, one dollar once. All right. How many cards do you still have in your hand? I've got four. That's how you play three cards in one turn. Bang, zoom. Hmm. <laughs> that didn't sound hoity-toity. Bang, zoom. Bang, zoom. <laughs> I say they're good, man. Bang, zoom. All right. Bang, zoom, Nicole. <laughs> Well, your turn got a lot more complex there. Right. See, that gave me some confidence in yeah. this game. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. You just have to get used to it. Look, That's I'll, all it I'll, is. I'll see how you do it, and I'll I'll try to do as good as you did. <laughs> Captain right? Carrot. Cap. I know. Right. I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> it, it, he's funny. way better than Corporal Celery. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, after my big turn, though, you and Daniel both go right after me after that. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't we? I know. I win too much, so you need to take me out. Well, you were you had a good turn, too, so. Right. Yeah. So, so we're going to come after you. You guys both go after me, and you move my pieces, you take money from me, and then this happens. Okay, so we should take a break so I can, like... Do the dinner. It's my turn. I know. Do you want to take a break on my turn? Yes. Okay, let's do your turn first. (laughs) Ridiculous. What? I'm taking my cards with me when I go, though. Just so you know. Unbelievably, you don't trust me after all this time. I'm going to play history monks. (laughs) These these monks let me take the uh, discard pile and shuffle it. And then I get to draw four cards out of the historical piles. Oh, randomly. Is this, are these supposed to, oh, those are your, those are my loans. Oh, no. I think there's only two loan cards, and I have both of them. So you have to leave them alone. <laughs> huh? <laughs> what? I know. She's worse than I am, believe me. Hey. <laughs> right? I like a good pun. I know. Okay, so puns are a go long after shot. you. You did, but I'm saying in between that turn, like the turn that you heard and that clip. Oh, we went after you then? Right. Oh, good for us. Okay. Now, puns are sort of hit or miss no matter what. And mine mine are a long shot to say the least. Yeah. But what I found out in that clip is that Daniel really knows this game. Well, yeah. Because he's like, oh, by the way, I've already taken both alone cards. Yeah. And loan cards are like a weird thing where you kind of get, you get money right now, but at the end of the game, they're a negative thing against you. Of course. Unless you're a certain person, right? Well, we don't know. We don't know, but he does. He knows all about this game. (laughs) Right. He knows who's who and what's what. Now, right after this, Daniel actually builds like a couple of buildings. And he really does take an early lead in this game because this is his game and he knows this. So let's see what happens on this next turn. All right, I'm going to play here and now. Roll a dice. If it's higher than a seven, something good happens. It's, oh, no, something bad happens. I have to remove a minion. I will remove this minion because I already have. I got a one on a D12. I like that, though. You must roll one moving. All right, I'm going to play another card, though. I'm going to save that. Oh, I don't want that to. Oh, like that. Blue. All right. An ego skimmer. I assassinate something. Boop, boop. Bye. Um. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
stop a player from moving or removing one of your minions. All right. So, so he, he doesn't die. Back. I get two bucks, though, just because he gives me two bucks. That was my <coughs> gas pode. Gas. Gas pod. I got two cards. Okay, so at least when Daniel... I mean, Daniel has a couple of really big turns mm-hmm. right before that. And at least you're able to sort of slow him down. Well, and he rolled poorly. <laughs> That's always helpful. Rolling Thanks. a one on a D12 is pretty embarrassing. I know. Daniel, you should be blushing right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's at least a little bit of like balancing at this point. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, up until now, he is like running us on the game. Mm-hmm. All the way up into there. Well, and, that event and, card, you know, that kind of equals things too. Just... It could have been a good thing. It could right. have been a bad thing. So. Yeah, this is this is an example of one of those random event cards mm-hmm. that we talked about, or that I talked about in the rules section at the front of the of this review. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is this it's it's a toss up whether it's bad or good for you. Mm-hmm. And Daniel has continued to grow this whole game, and he sort of has been he says he's been pitting you and I against each other. That's just kind of normal, though. He's sort of like when he moves one of my player pawns, he moves me into your area so then you and I are fighting or have trouble with each other and you and I are trying to resolve that and he's just kind of skating and stuff mm-hmm. now the funny thing is is though even though he's been doing that you and you have actually been able to build a little bit alongside his, like his minions as well mm-hmm. and uh let's see what what he thinks because it's a little more insight because like I said this is his game and he knows more about it than you and I do uh, at any point in my turn, I can take one card from the deck and then discard one, so I'm going to do that. Uh-oh, she's the run-the-deck-out person. Ooh, is that what it is? And I, I will discard... Know. There is a guy who wants to, who wins if the deck runs out. <clears throat> I seriously just don't even know what I'm going to be able to do here. I'm going to discard... Sergeant Cherry Little Bottom. Okay, and then I get to play. <laughs> I get to play. Poor guy. Um, Take two cards from the draw deck. Cherry I discarded it. That was the one oh, I discarded. Discard? That's just oh. my discard. That's not my play. Because I took a card. You and I discarded. don't like Sergeant Sergeant Cherry Little Bottom. Well, not compared to the other cards. It looks like I a have. girl dwarf. You know what a girl dwarf looks like? Probably. They still have beards, right? That's a rule. Okay. So, I think that I'm going to... I know you're just going to do it, but I'm going to play a fire brigade against you. Against me? Against you. Um, Choose a player. If he does not pay you $5, then you can remove one of his buildings from the board. Oh, no. I have so many buildings. Here, have $5. I figured you'd do that. And then I get to play another card. So I will play. God, I can't do that. And 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 don't, do you have you have to have like a? You can just build, right? If you, you have, have a guy card. there. You have to have a card. There. You have to have a card. Right, right, right. And you have to have a guy and no trouble. A guy, a card, no trouble, and the money to pay for it. God, that sucks. Okay, well then I'm going you $5. to. Oh, whoop a doo. <laughs> she means to whip a doo. I'm going to play the dwarves and place two right. of my guys. So that will mean. Uh, she's not the run the deck out guy, otherwise she wouldn't play that card. 
She's the control areas guy. How do you know these things? I'm you don't just know anything. Saying. You control two areas right now. The guys who want to control areas, they need to have minions set out to control areas. That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to put one here. Oh, yeah. You guys don't like each other either. Forgot. That's okay. It's only for... If there's trouble there, you can kill a guy there. Oh, which would be bad for you, because then it would make us easy to kill one of your guys. And then I can put... Anywhere adjacent to where you already are, and you can double up or triple up in that case. Can I put it where somebody else... Where, there are, where there's already trouble? Yeah. That's fine. You don't get any more trouble. It's just that okay. hey, there's trouble. That's All right. Outrageous. And then I got three cards, so... Hey, there's trouble. To do. Okay, so this is obvious that game experience, which you and I don't have, right. will help you understand this because there's only seven different personalities. So there's seven different goals to win this game. Yeah. You and I don't know this at all, but Daniel no. completely knows this. Yeah, this is one of those <laughs> games, if you're playing it for the first time with someone else who's already played it several right. times... You should at least read all of those before you start the right. game to kind of even the playing field. That's key. If there's only seven victory conditions, you should know the seven victory conditions and watch the other player. Yeah. Because that's going to help you do stuff like block them from winning the game. Yep. And he's but we got, didn't know that going well, in. And he's got that completely down. Yeah. And I'm just saying, he, he he's he's trying to figure it out. You know, he's, he's kind of using... Evidence of how you play to figure out who you are, and I have none of that experience. I'm no. just sitting there blind, like, uh, I guess there's a person that can do that. Yeah, of course, he was at least telling us. Oh, and if he's guessing, that also means he's not that person, right? So it kind of could have worked to our advantage if we'd right. realized I didn't realize it at the time, I wasn't paying that close of attention. But despite all this guessing, you still had a pretty big turn there. Oh, yeah. Right? It was well, a good turn. Let's see if Daniel has a retort for you. Alright, I'm going to go hog wild. Drum not. Play any two other cards from your hand. Alright, I'm going to play Hubert. Force one player to give another player three players, not including me. So... To what now? You give... Nicole give Fred $3. Yeah. $3? $3. Give it up. Man. I need the that money. Crapitude right there. I don't like I need it. Need that money. Three dollars. That's Thank you. awful. Oh, I appreciate that. Then I move a minion. I'm gonna move a minion here. Makes trouble. It's no good. Alright, my drum knot card lets me play two cards. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Aw. What? Oh well. <laughs> oh shoot. Don't be mad now. Oh well, I shouldn't have done don't that. Don't be mad now. All right, then, oh, man. So big, these coins. These are... I know. I totally messed that up. That's not the card I wanted to do. Give her her money back. Give her my money I back. I like this money. What are you doing to my wait, turn? Wait, wait, wait. You'll see. You'll see. So I'm playing two cards. I'm not playing that card. I'm playing this card. Choose one player. Give them one of your cards. They must give you $2. Why <laughs> me? I thought you were doing that to Nicole. Then I move a then I move a minion. That's what I wanted to do. Then the other card I play will be the Duck Man. 
Move a minion belonging to another player from one area to an adjacent area. So I will move Nicole from this area to this adjacent area. Okay, and if you have a minion removed, you can place them in a different area. That's not removed, that's moved. Dang it! Ah, in your stick. face, So he has to die, basically. In your wow. face. Wow. Rude. Rude-tude. All right, he's totally screwed up. My All turn. right. Oh, and I do that. I tap that, and I make... Yeah, this is... What'd you trouble. do? I use my shades card to make trouble pop up there. There we go. I get two bucks. Deal with that. I know. Two bucks, and I, my turn is shut down, pretty much. I'm just going to say that at, at this point, I'm not going to kid you. Uh, I, things are not going my way. That's okay. I, I mean... I'm broke. Well, he almost gave you my money. And almost. I'm not even going to kid you. My entire hands of card, my entire hands of hand of cards is just awful. Terrible. <laughs> it's useless to yeah. me. I mean, I can't do anything with it. I can't I don't have any cards that get me money. Yeah. I don't have any cards that get me more cards. Yeah. And you guys have just beat me up all over the place for money and minions. Yeah. I like it. I I know you like it. <laughs> but my next turn absolutely goes nowhere. And then you get to build again. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel blocks both of us all over the map where we could build. And I attack both of uh, both of you guys. And then an earthquake happens. <laughs> Let's see what else we can make happen. Um so I get a random event. Oh. Uh, earthquake. Roll the dice twice and remove oh, any buildings in those areas. Dang it. I have the most buildings. <laughs> Three. Three is... Mine. Oh. I lost that just now? Earthquake. Seven. Ah, sucker. Yes. <laughs> okay, then... Most lucky earthquakes ever. The Burser. Exchange the position of any two minions on the board. Exchange. That was my important one. Exchange. That's my dim well, right? SWAT. Yeah, you don't have dim well, and I don't have. And I'm going to exchange exchanges. him with him. And then I get to play another card. What'd you exchange? I exchanged that yellow for that red. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then. I'm gonna switch gears right now. Back to the shifting gears again. I'm thinking about it. You're gonna shift gears? Yeah. Start going a different direction with how I'm playing this game. Okay. <laughs> it may happen. I'm just telling you. <laughs> what happens? Okay, happens? and then I'm going to. We'll see, and then we'll see what happens. How many damn wells do I'm I have? Gonna... How, many bank, how many bank loans do you have? Two. I'm Is gonna. And it's not great. <laughs> I'm going to play Adora Bell Deerheart. Move one of your minions from one area to any other area on the board. So I'm going to move from fly. here to here. And there's already a thing. Mm-hmm. I get to place a minion somewhere. I will place it. Oops. Dragon's Landing, we lost Dragon Landing. Oh, you Here. lost expense. 
Yeah, I lost the good one. The one that you actually want. Yeah. I'm going to place it. <clears throat> Crap. Well, it's already there. I'm going to place it here so that it gets a trouble token. And then I get to build a building. So I'm going to build the for shades? $6 in the shades. I just lost it. You just earthquaked it. Oh, no. It's very exciting. Terrible. Very exciting. Okay, I'm going to have to say that this is the single luckiest turn in the entire game. It was pretty good. Because you earthquake and you have to roll dice. There's 12 different regions, mm -hmm. and you roll a 12-sided die, mm -hmm. and you roll regions that both times that you don't have building, buildings in, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then you destroy our buildings, and then in the same turn, you get to play another card, which lets you build own. one on top of Daniel's region that he owned at the start of the turn. But I earthquaked it, <clears> and I owned it. Right. By random roll number, you earthquaked it, and now yeah. you own it. It was awesome. It was ridiculous. I like the earthquake. That's the California girl coming out in me. Unbelievable. <laughs> what what buildings have they earthquaked in California that you... No, I've, I've only actually been in one earthquake, and it was like a tremor. No one got hurt. Nothing not... got damaged. It was a tremor. And that was it. So I would never recommend going through an earthquake. Well, here's the thing. serious damage. This Bad is what's things. funny, is that... I have life goals. To be an earthquake? That are reasonable. One is to see, like, flowing lava that in person. in Hawaii right. someday. And, and, and honestly, I'd like to sit during an earthquake and go, this is what an earthquake is like. It's, well, if it's a tremor, but they do serious damage. It's not Right. I don't want to be at the top floor of the Capitol Record kinda, building whenever no, the earthquake goes off. I'm kind of with you on that. I still want to see a tornado, but from a good distance away that doesn't damage. Right. I, I live in the tornado alley and yeah. I've never seen a tornado. I've never seen one. Not seen the You and I off. drove through a tornado, but it was dark and we couldn't see it. I've driven through two of them. Right. And I've not seen one. Right. I had one jump right over my head and didn't see it. Right. It even called out to you, Nicole, as you went not. by. No, I pulled over, and, and the, my coworker got mad at me for pulling over, and I told her that she wasn't driving so she could shut Who up. Who was this coworker? It was when I worked at the video store. What was her name? I don't remember. Good. Stupid she was chick that didn't it. drive. <laughs> so, yeah, and that, like, we, we were on our way home from a meeting, and yeah. I pulled over. The tornado went over us, and... Took out Warrensburg, mm -hmm. and we kept seeing all the damage as we drove right. through, going, if we'd have kept driving, we'd have been in the middle of it. Right. I would have seen it then, but that would have been horrible. <laughs> Isn't it ridiculous? We want to be privy to natural disaster site type moments, but not be victims not, of. Well, we don't, no, I don't want anybody to be a victim of. Right. But, I mean, you can see a tornado without damage. You can. Right. You can feel a tremor without damage. Right. You can see the lava without anybody getting hurt or Correct. damaging anything. Right. That's the only thing I want to see about it. Me too. Now, in this game, I'm going to tell you that I am pretty much out of this game. That's fine. And in, in the turn <laughs> that you don't hear on this, the clip I don't play, I actually switch personalities because I don't know all the personalities like Daniel, and I'm hoping that something comes up that puts me back in this game, but both of you have tag-teamed me so bad just with negative things that I have no chance of winning this game at this point. So you change personalities to try and have a chance. Like, like oh, maybe there's a, there's a coin toss and maybe I can get it. And 
Daniel makes some sort of rebuilding card plays because the earthquake really hit him hard. Mm -hmm. That you got really lucky on. Now, you have all this game. I'm not kidding you. You have it all but sewn up. And let's see if you can stick that landing, Nicole. Is it my turn? Yes. I would like to win the game. Did you just win? You control one, two, three, four, five areas. And there's three of us playing. So I have to control five areas. It's okay. I got closer to winning when I switched personalities just now. <laughs> Mine was to get $55 in building value or money on the table. Oh, wow. Which is insanely hard. 50, 50, 50 period. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, the, the closest I got was she, like... Yeah, the like, earthquake boned you on... Before the earthquake, 12. I was at like 28 bucks. Yeah. That's as close as I could get in this amount of time. That's oh, yeah. a horrible I got the two one. loans. You want the loans when you're that guy. I'm the, I'm the have trouble guy, which I need eight, and there's seven on the board. <laughs> you were right there at it. I like this game. I almost, I almost had it, but you had to, like, remove a couple guys. If you hadn't murdered a bunch of people, then murdered a bunch of people and lost all that trouble. Dang it. Yeah, I couldn't get money for anything. You didn't even need money. All you needed was trouble, and you're just like, money, 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 money. I'm like, I can't get a dime. I have one spot that gives me two bucks, and it just went down in an earthquake. Yeah. Yeah, but wouldn't, if the loans, oh, the loans wouldn't count against you. The loans don't you. matter. The loans oh, only matter at the very, very end. Right. If, the, if you count for points. That's the only time they matter. Okay. Not bad. That, I like it. <laughs> I think it's bad. fun. That's your favorite game. You like no, it more than Mystica. Make, no, I don't know about that, but I really enjoyed it. I think it's it's. This is I got this, and it was like okay, it's you know kind of hard to get Martin Wallace game. I'm in Martin Wallace games, and I played it like three times in two weeks. Yeah, which is uncommon. Which is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go, Nicole. What happened? I won. That's right. You Yay. won. Congratulations, Nicole. We need a jingle for the times that I win. Really? We hear it it like twice or Nicole wins. Woohoo. No, I don't know. (laughs) Woohoo. There'd be a woo and a who. So I need a woohoo and Nicole wins. Maybe some fireworks in the background. Pop, pop, pop. Sure. You going to write it for me? Maybe. Is that going to be my Christmas gift? That's all you're getting. Aw. Because <laughs> you won this game. I did win. Yay. Now, this game, let's talk about what we like about this game. This is an area control game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's asymmetrical. So it's not like everybody gets to five points and they win the game. No. Everybody has a different goal. Right. Yes. And, and I like that about it. There's a lot of chaos to this game. Yes. And we played this game. Now, I'm just going to be straight up. We played this game. It was less than one hour. Yes. Total. It was. Which is great. It was a little over an hour with learning how to play. Because he just he told us how to play right. in about 20 minutes before we actually played. But if you listen to my, my Your rules at the top, rules. <laughs> you will still take an hour and 25 minutes Probably. to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> now, this game is quick, though. That is cool. Yeah. You know, so this game, it, it might yeah. be right there at that filler line, you know, yeah. of, of, you know, game that, that, you know, maybe isn't quite the full-blown game, board game experience. Like, you're not going to say, hey, I'm going to come over tonight and we're going to play Discworld tonight. Mm-hmm. 
You might not say that. It you might, might warm that, up with that. Hey, we have we still have time left. Do you want to play a game of Discworld too? I think that's more like what it is. Mm-hmm. Is wow, that game of blank finished way faster than I expected. Would you like to play a game of Discworld? Mm-hmm. It's that level. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite like let's warm up with a game of Don't Stop. Yeah. Or, you know, no thanks. No thanks. Yeah. Or something like that. I don't right. think it's quite that light. It's not that light, but right. it's, it a, is it's still, a lighter it's game. It's still a full-blown game to yeah. me, personally. Mm-hmm. Now, it is area control, and I, it's got that it's got that grace, you know, of uh, that, uh, you know, just that, that doesn't make you feel like risk. You're still pushing people around and you're still grabbing control of areas. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't get upset because it's not like you failed 12 dice rolls in a row to lose that territory that loses you the game. Yeah, it's you just, just you, got destroyed in an earthquake. Right. You just <laughs> that didn't, was completely random. You didn't draw the right card that didn't roll mm-hmm. the right die that mm-hmm. then destroyed your area. Mm-hmm. So you're two points like of, of luck or bad luck in this mm-hmm. case. To become pushed out of that area in order to lose that area. So you can't really get mad about it. It's not like not 20 bad risk die rolls in a row. Right. Because that, that would make you mad. That always makes you mad. Right. <laughs> and so it's sort of like Grande, uh, El Grande. How so? El Grande has this like this sort of situation where you're playing like tiles and stuff to sort of push minions around. El Grande? Yeah. I don't remember. It doesn't make you roll a bunch of die to take a territory. You just have to have majority in that territory and you take control of it. Oh, okay. And and it just it doesn't feel like you really got, you know, messed over by the game in order, you know, to lose that territory. Mm-hmm. And this has that same sort of feel where it doesn't really it doesn't make you feel ripped off ever that you lost control of this territory, really. True. Like and you can tell, I mean, I'm not gonna kid you guys. I lost this game by a lot. <laughs> yes, a lot. Yes, and yet, I don't really seem that mad about it. No. Because I really understand that I'm a victim of circumstance and not, it's not any kind of fault of my own. And I'm just sort of a victim of circumstance. And it just, and it comes up blind luck so often that, that causes that situation that I don't get, I don't really have the opportunity to get too mad about it. And it's not directly blamed on me. You know, so yeah. it's it's sometimes it's just like someone else rolled the die right. I think that's about the only way you can lose. Is that what it is? <laughs> and not like hate the game. Honestly, I didn't I didn't mind this that much. I know, right? I know, and now, you usually it, are not a fan of losing, right? It, well, in area control, <laughs> area control games are a game where there can be really tight contention, and it can really escalate your emotions. And this game does not do that, just like El Grande doesn't. As opposed to, like, let's say Sons of Anarchy, which is very direct opposition. And it comes down to like, hey, I'm going to do all this crazy stuff and I'm not even going to care about what goes on. I'm going to roll a die. And if I roll higher than you, then you're going to be really mad. Yeah, this could be like that, though. There were a couple times where it was going directly after you or. I never felt it. I don't know. Maybe you're just in a better mood that day. <laughs> I never, well, I never felt it. I'm not kidding you. That day, I never felt it really. And I felt like a victim of circumstance, not of direct retaliation. And yeah. just, like I said, there's got to be at least two steps, I think, in between the die roll. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, because if I just roll a die and you roll a die, and if you score a four and I score a three and I lose and I lose everything I've built up to that point, then I'm going to get kind of mad. Yeah. But if, if you have to draw a certain card and then you have to roll a certain roll and then I lose something, it's like, well, what's the chances if I played this game of her drawing that card again? That that would happen like that right. again. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And see, see, like I said, because you combine chaotic elements, like yeah. two chaotic elements together, then it diminishes the fact that like next time I play this game, it'd be the same. You feel like whereas, less of a chump. Right. Whereas <laughs> games like Risk or Sons of Anarchy, for instance, don't do that. Yeah. It's so direct and so intentional that it it, it, it you have nowhere to go except just to be furious about it. Yeah. Well, um, that kind of plays off of the fact that the, is, this is more of a whimsical game. So right. it seems like it should have right. what was less the, direct opposition. What was the cherry bottom guy? Oh, I, mean, come on. I don't know. They had some goofy <laughs> names. It almost makes me want to read the books, but I'm probably not going to do that anymore. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, now, I, the the play was pretty tight. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it stays tight because it has to finish. It, it finishes in less than an hour. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no there's no chaff. There's no... You know, lose parts to it. It's pretty tight play the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think that because it's less than an hour, it is a good filler. Like you said, at the very end of the night, if you just have like less than an hour left to go before you would normally go home and go to bed and you need a game to fill that gap, this is the kind of game you're looking for. And it, yeah. it, it will not disappoint, I don't think. So what don't you like about this game? Well, there, like without knowing the story... Without knowing mm-hmm. Discworld, you might find yourself kind of going, I don't know why that's funny, and the person across the table from me is laughing. Yeah. Some and, of the cards were just kind of funny in general. Right. But yeah, some of them, it's like, I don't know why that would be. Yeah. Why, I don't know what that means. Maybe it's funny. Right. I, I don't know. I'm, me might be missing out on some of the in-jokes. Right. Now, so. I found myself a few times during this game, this is absolutely honest, I found myself for over half of the game we played going, when am I going to get a card that gets me money? Yeah. I need money so bad. It's unbelievable. I cannot compete against these two unless I get a card that generates money and I did not get one. Because I think that your, wasn't your uh, win condition to have like, Yes. 60 bucks or something. It was $55. And I, the closest I ever got was 28 bucks. Yeah. Well, that was with properties too. The buildings counted as money for you. Yeah. And let's just take, let's just take a a slight draw, slight card drawing spin on this. Daniel got both of the card loan cards. Yeah. Which would have allowed me to gain like almost uh, over half of what I needed to get to the ending condition. Yeah. And I would have been in contention despite what was going on on the board. Right. And I would have actually had a potential of winning. But because I was a victim of bad card draws, I absolutely had no well, chance other than to switch that, characters. There's not a lot of opportunities to get that much in cash. I mean, you heard right. the $5 that I got from Daniel. Five bucks mm-hmm. out of 55 I mean, that's right. not a lot. And then the $3 switching mm-hmm. hands or the two dollars switching hands i mean that's yep. a lot of money having to switch hands well here's the thing for you to accomplish that kind of a goal so you got a little bit of card burn but guess what it doesn't even last one hour no and then you, well you can even switch i mean you're able to switch your your goals well so. and this this really filters into fred's law which is if it goes over <laughs> one hour you become emotionally involved yeah 
You know, is that your law now? I think it is. You keep trying for one. I'm telling you, had, you like, that three, if it's no, it's one, <laughs> and if it's less than an hour, you don't care. If it's over an hour, you start to become emotionally invested in the game. Okay. So games that last longer than one hour involve emotion, right? And and this game goes just under that line, so that even though I'm I'm getting kind of messed over in the card draws, I'm not. I'm not caring quite as much because it hasn't even been an hour. Right. So that that really helps. Now, I feel like this game may be a little light for some. Well, sometimes, but that's any game. Well, and you have to look, honestly, as a player or as a a collector or a hobbyist, you have to look at the breadth of your entire collection. Mm -hmm. And you have to say, this game plays in 15 minutes and I can play it with someone who has no idea what games are. Mm -hmm. This game plays only with people who are really into games and, you know, or are top level, like, you know, in understanding how mechanics work. Mm Mm-hmm. This game is not either one of those. It's in that middle zone where, like I said, it's not. I wouldn't consider it a filler. I would. I would consider it sort of a last game of the night when you still have too much time left. Okay. I really do. And and so it may be a little light for some, that, especially someone who has a lighter collection. I mm-hmm. mean, you and I are pushing 300 games. Oh, my gosh. Really? I, don't, I didn't admit that right now. You and I are pushing two... 200 games? <laughs> the, <laughs> but you and I are pushing like close to that line. And that means that we should have a breadth of games where I can select something intelligently to present to any sort of situation. True. And you should be building your game, your game collection towards that end. Or you should be going, I think I could play this over and over and over again, so I will go ahead and buy this one game. Right. Or, <laughs> and or, have a maximum of about Or 20 you games. should be saying, I already have a game that does exactly everything this thing does, and so I, I love it. So one. why do I need one that I don't know if I love it or not? True. Okay? And that's what game groups are for. That's what game exactly. nights and game stores are for, is to that's find those games. Borrowing that, games from your friends is for. Or trying games that somebody else owns at a board gaming night. Exactly. So... What would you give this out of five, Nicole, if you were trying to teach this to a non-gamer? Teaching to a non-gamer, I think it was actually pretty easy. Yeah. Um, the way that the cards are laid out. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you have to know the symbols, but that doesn't take a whole lot to yeah. memorize. Um, I didn't have to keep going back and forth and going, wait, what does this symbol mean? What does mm-hmm. this symbol mean? Um, it was very minimal of me having to do that. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking it's probably only about a three on the learn yeah, scale. I would agree exactly. It's a three. Mm-hmm. It's a fully fleshed out game in the modern sense. It's not checkers. It's not sorry. It's not trouble. Mm-hmm. Even though there's trouble in the trouble. game. Whoa. No problematic <laughs> bubble. No. Right. Even though it's it's not as simple as any of those things, but you could you could definitely teach this to someone, and they would probably it'd probably be a good intro game for someone who was trying to get into sort of a uh, more mechanical thematic, you know, less mm-hmm. thematic but mechanical game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it definitely, if someone's like a fan of the book series, why oh, yeah. wouldn't you play exactly. this with them? I mean, obviously, those are the candidates that are going to really benefit from this. So I would say a three as well. Okay. Now, what would you rate this out of five on how much you like it? I really enjoyed playing it. Yeah. I mean, we've only played it the one time. Okay. Um, But I think I'd probably still give it a four. Really? I really enjoyed it. Okay. I thought it was just, it was light enough, but I felt like it went back and forth enough with mm-hmm. potential for wins on any one of us. Right. Um, right until the very end when you just had no chance. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, who knows if the game would have lasted two more rounds, you switched your character right at the end 
and then I won. I know, I was desperate. So, yeah. Um, but if, if it had gone two more rounds, you may have been able to pull a comeback. I doubt it, but here's the thing. I would rate it... <laughs> A three. Okay. This is what's funny is that I would rate it a two in hindsight, and then I actually listened to the game session and was like, mm, "No, I think that's probably a three. A two. Wow, that's I, pretty low. Well, I, I you know, it kind of got lost in the the mass of games we played, and when I that's went true. back and revisited it and, and read the rule book again to make sure I knew what was going on in this game, mm-hmm. I was like. No, this is this is a three. This is a solid middle game. You know, it's it's if you have it in your collection, I, I don't think there's any reason to be that you would have any reason to get rid of it. Really, it plays right down the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun. It's it's easy. To, it's not too bad to teach, and it's it plays fast. And I mean, it, it meets a lot of qualifications. It's mm-hmm. not going to be the top of anybody's. List. I don't think it's going to be anybody's number one necessarily, right. unless they are super huge fans of right. the book series itself. And but then, this yes. is, I mean, beyond theme, it's a completely competent game, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with this game in it, and it's yeah. it's worthy of any kind of middle road spot where you need a game that fills a niche, you know, of one hour at mm-hmm. the end of the game night. Yeah, I think it's perfect for that. You know, right. well, there you go. Now, Nicole, yes, I'm just going to tell you that that brings us to the end of episode 21. It does. Now, we are going to be back in in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And I really want to encourage all of you to write us at our email addresses. Now, we have a new one. We have two new ones. Really? Yeah. Now, one of them I know is talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com. And this will reach both of us. Mm-hmm. So you might as well write there. Or if you prefer, we have talkaboutboardgames at yahoo.com. Really? And I think you might have better luck with one of those emails. We apologize, but we have been having a bit of trouble with our web host right. service, which right. also has our email address addresses. And, uh, you know, we do this as a hobby. So sometimes, you know, when you're doing things as a hobby, you yeah. go the cheapest route possible. Right. We kind of did that <laughs> with our web hosting. With our website. And uh, they are giving us exactly what we're paying for, which is not a lot. Right. So, um, feel confident that you can definitely reach us at Talk About Board Games, either at gmail.com or at yahoo.com. Yeah, because I don't think Google, Google or Yahoo is going down casually Anytime to, soon. quote, unquote, <laughs> migrate us to new servers and then or not whatever. migrate us. Yeah. Ridiculous, right? Yes. Now, don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter, at TA Board Games, or Instagram, Talk About Board Games, or like us on Facebook, at Talk About Board Games. Uh, you can also mail us at P.O. Box 6943, Lee's Summit, Missouri, 64064. And, Nicole, what else did we get this time? Oh, we got a couple of uh, iTunes reviews. Did we? We did. So we very much wanted to thank uh, Wombat929 for yeah. your awesome review. Great. And also, I believe it's, I think it was Brisby. Yeah. Brisby, B-R-I-S-B-E. Okay. So we really appreciate getting reviews. And, right. And uh, we, we thank you for spending some time to do that. Because I know it's it's not like just, you know, you have to kind of think about it. Your words are going to be out there for the world to see. So, right. you know, thank you for spending some time to do that. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, in two weeks, we are going to return with a new episode. Now, in this game, Nicole and I are going to play just a game together again. 
And we're going to play... And me. I know. We're going to play a game I, I would think is sort of a modern classic, and it inspired a lot of other games, and that is the worker placement classic, Stone Age. So return in two weeks and hear us play that. Thanks for listening. I will discard a card that does nothing to peeled nuts for $2. <laughs> That's what I gave him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I gave you. <laughs> I can't believe that. The peeled nuts. That's pretty funny.